Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Mowers Club in action once again. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. Nick Davis, good morning. Good morning. I am of Fresh. sound. <laughs> Recovered. Sounder mind and voice. My mind is clear and my voice is clear. Thankfully, you had six days to not only get over your golf trip of last mm. week, where, let's face it, uh, when you did the show from a satellite situation up there on the Gold Coast, you weren't quite at your top. I wasn't. No, I was not. I was <laughs> and, not. Uh, I put on a brave face. And then you ate your own body weight and chicken wings on Monday watching the Super Bowl? Yes, I did. It was, uh, it was good. It was a good game. We'll talk about that later in the show. But uh, You've recovered. You've had five, recovered. six days to yeah, get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Good yep. stuff. Gibbo, good morning. G'day, boys. I'm really, really glad to see you in here, Nick. Great jersey, by the way. Yeah. But satellite shows. Guess the jersey Guess he's the wearing. Guess the jersey again. Yeah. Guess the it jersey. It would be good if he had a number or a name on the back, but... Mm. Anyway. They change all the time. I don't want to give it away. No. No. <laughs> so how are you gonna how are you gonna give clues away? There's oh. only three names I could give to give a clue anyway that have played in that jersey that spring to mind. So Oh look, I could name all the You could name the guy who played come off the bench for five minutes in a game seven years ago against the Halting Lions or something like that. Oh, there's one clue. <laughs> but yeah, great to have you in studio, Nick. You know, Centre Court one, I reckon we're ready for a big show. Oh, he's given the pump up on air for the first time. <laughs> because the pump up off air was horrific. Yeah, exactly. Well, good luck. Good luck. Good was, luck. You guys are a bit like the West Tigers, you know? Oh, I great. spray you, nothing what? happens. Please don't I say that again. You. Don't ever nothing say that happens. again. Don't ever say that again. Is he BJ Lailua? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're Joey. <laughs> you're Luciano. You played quite well last yes. night. Yes, yes. Rip and tear. Exactly. Um Let's get to the NRL trials because, uh, I mean, results don't really matter. Or, or do they? Manly won by 28 points to four over the West Tigers. But the game before, Canberra beat the Roosters 32-18. But they, they, on Fox League, they panned around to show the Roosters bench and it was basically $8.7 million worth of salary cap. And I was there too. <laughs> <laughs> and me. Eating a bag of chips. No, you weren't. No, uh, um, uh, what was it like out there? Was it, you know, it everyone it got through a, unscathed? Yeah, and, everyone got through. It was a really good atmosphere and... Look, well done to the NRL and Peter Volandis and everyone around uh, broadcasting this. I think um, just under 6,000 were at Leichhardt Oval. Really? Uh, yeah, they flicked that up on the scoreboard at one stage. It's almost as many s- at the cricket. Yeah, what cricket? <laughs> you said cricket was all old cricket. What? But uh, it was a really good atmosphere. Uh, the doubleheader was, um, was a good idea. And I think uh, the NRL, for once, 
have got the jump on on the AFL um, in in broadcasting these. I think sort of when I was playing through the two thousands, the the all the the AFL preseason comp was a pretty you know, got the jump on the NRL. It was, well, a, it was for a trophy. It, as it well. was for a trophy, and then. Uh, the AFL have sort of remodelled it. Um, it's come down to two games, and it, it's a bit more of a uh, a focus of getting out in, into the um, into the country, which is good. But I think the NRL have got the jump on on the AFL this year. Um, look, yeah, well, the Roosters d- probably didn't field the strongest side. The mm. Raiders had a few in there, um, a few of the guys coming back. Uh, but then the the second game, look, seeing Tommy Turbo in the in the. Uh, didn't get hurt. He didn't get hurt. <laughs> didn't get hurt. <laughs> Seeing him there ready with the ankle strap was um, was interesting. And, and it's all horses for courses, who plays who in, in these trials. Um, mm. I think the Roosters will, will field a, a, probably a, a bit of a stronger side next Friday against the Tigers up at Central Coast Stadium. So two trials each team and yep. then into it. Yeah. And look, again, uh, the super coach Trent Robinson, big NFL fan. Look, the NFL's the same way. Look, I think they have got four sometimes three and sometimes four in the NFL. And look, you, you throw your starters out there for one series and, and then take them off. So, mm. But I think um, I think the Roosters will field a stronger side uh, next Friday. Yep. Uh, this afternoon down at Casey Fields in southeast Melbourne, uh, Melbourne Storm take on the Warriors and then Souths and the Cowboys uh, and later on Gold Coast to take on uh, the Broncos tomorrow. Uh, Sharkies, Panthers, Para Dragons, Monday night, Newcastle Dogs. Yeah. It's good, and I think again, well done to the AFL. Casey Fields is used as um, the pseudo AFL, uh, the AFL women. So Mel- a, Melbourne are down there. Melbourne Demons. Melbourne Demons there. are out there, so it's another good ploy from the NRL to go. Well, the, look, the AFL are, are playing plenty of games out there. Um, let let's let's go out there. So it's a really good facility. It's uh, she's a long way out, but. Um, Melbourne City moved down there as well. They moved their training base to the A-League. Who are um, they? And <laughs> they're only owned by this little mob over in Manchester called Manchester yeah, cool. City. But no, that, that, it seems that that's become a sporting yeah, hub Yeah, a little sporting hub out there. There's plenty of space out there. The, the grounds and facilities are good. Mm. Uh, and you get your team out of the hustle and bustle of Melbourne. So uh, well done to the NRL. Yep, it's uh, so good to have uh, have footy of all codes. Uh, the AFLW has been going for a little while, but back on the TV. Uh, Kurt texts in on 0457 736 736. Morning, Kurt. Happy Saturday, boys. How good is it having the footy back? Summer <laughs> sports finally this. on the rear vision mirror. Still waiting on my shirt, Gibbo. I thought you were going to come and hand deliver it to me. Wow. Yeah, sorry, Kurt, mate. When you work six days, 12 hours every day, oh, I haven't had the time yet. But Are you talking about Australia Post? Yeah, I am. Uh, Justin in the next studio, he works for Australia Post, not me. But um, look, Kurt, your shirt's on the way, mate. It was great to chat to you during the week, but I don't want this happening every week. <laughs> this is, there's going to be a little 15-minute segment yeah. of... Who hasn't got a shirt? Who hasn't got their yeah. shirt yet? Kurt replies. The Lord hasn't got his shirt yet. Wait, whose fault's that, That Nick? was mine. Yeah. Worst courier ever. Oh, how bad was... was yeah. Golf clubs, Lord shirt. Golf clubs, Lord You're just shirt. lucky that you, you do it here. Imagine if you lived in certain parts of South America and you forgot to, yeah, anyway. Uh, cricket, Australia v Sri Lanka last night. And What's doing here? I mentioned what it to you this morning here? and you went, really? I was absolutely <laughs> perplexed. <laughs> no, they played the fourth game and Australia won again. Oh, poor old Sri Lankans, they've lost, I think, two or three of their best players have gone down progressively with COVID. So they kept on losing what they can't afford to lose and Australia got home by six wickets in reply to Sri Lanka's eight for 139. There's more people at the Sheffield Shield at the SCG than at this game. Oh, no, there was 13,000 there, but they closed the Great Southern How Stand. How It just looked rank. 
How embarrassing. So why would you play it there? Why wouldn't you take it to Marvel or well, somewhere with it? Assuming that only 13,000 people would turn up. What about the great Junction Oval? Take it to Junction. No, but take really. Take it to Casey Fields. But what, why wouldn't you going. take these to the smaller markets like a Canberra, a Tassie? You know, that. Take it up to North Queensland. (laughs) They can get in. They can get in. The AFL season's on the on the way, isn't it? So all of a sudden the borders open. Yeah, we'll give you the grand final, and you open Um, up when we need it. But what's yeah? Go on on. the text line. Don't let the filter stop it. Yeah, no, it's not filter. Oh four five seven seven three six seven six six. When should the when should the summer of cricket, international cricket, be finished? Are you, are you calling Feb 1? That's the end of financial year? Bang. I think so. End of Jan? Do, do all your business. Got, has the Big Bash got a little bit to do with this? Everyone's like, ugh. Well, the Big Bash, the, the story going around at the moment is the fact that the Big Bash are thinking about retracting the size of their season. In order, did and they then put a, did they put a million dollar committee to, to <laughs> subcommittee no, to the, come up with that? The tough thing is though, you're giving back money because I'd have to pro rata what they're not giving the broadcaster and give it back to them in the contract deal, with the knowledge that next contract they'll be able to go to market with a better proposition in terms of a better, more palatable uh, season. Less is more sometimes. Less is more. More games doesn't or necessarily mean more viewers. Everyone points towards the NFL in this regard. Now, yes. the NFL have gone the other way a little bit, haven't they? They've given they added a, one a game. Eight. There was a massive big stinker where they're, oh, are you, are you sure? What are we doing about this? But they did go yeah, that. 17 games. How are we going to play 17 games? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the Big Bash has got a little bit to do with this. I think everyone's just over the over the cricket. Yeah, they've, they've flooded. I didn't even know it was on. Flooded. The market, but anyway, the cricket. Um, by the way, it's on SEN tomorrow. And you can well. hear it tomorrow night. <laughs> if you're not going there, we've... it's a great coverage. I must say, can... oh, the coverage. I'm not. Yeah, I know. by no I means know. are we bagging the coverage. SEN's mm. coverage of the uh, of the game last night was outstanding. Now, SEN's very own Gordon Bray is sitting opposite me right now, rugby union expert. Uh, Gibbo, <laughs> what happened in the Super Rugby kickoff last night with the debut? In Super Rugby of the Fijian side, Fijian Drua. This was actually a pretty good crowd out at uh, Combank Stadium, I think it is now, yep. out, out at Parramatta. Uh, like you said, the Fijian Drua made their debut. The Waratahs are in a bit of a rebuilding stage, but they put a pretty score on the Fijian Drua. Uh, their captain is their halfback, Jake Gordon, scored a try. He was immense. Mm-hmm. Um, what let the Fijian side down, their set piece, so their line out and their scrummaging, probably not as a good as it could be. They'll get better throughout the year with a bit more cohesion, but it's a good start for the Waratahs. They play the Queensland Reds, who are Australian favourites up there with the Brumbies next Friday at Leichhardt Oval, so looking forward to that one. Sweet, and a full round uh, coming this weekend, and um, a reminder to everyone out there, not giving away any clues, what jersey is Nick Davis wearing today? You win a shirt, a Mowers Club shirt that Kevy07 has already, 007 has already got. G'day, boys. Thanks to the Mowers Club and SEN for the shirt and hat. Oh, there you go. He's got the Keith Arthurton hat happening. It is. People are, we have seen a social media post, haven't we? So that's two people who have received them. Yep. They're getting through. only given two out. (laughs) Only two have made it. Oh, come You've on now. Come on, Nick. Hey, you wanted shirts? We got I shirts. Love I love it that he can't see me behind this. <laughs> Imagine if last week we sent one to the Super Bowl organisers and, like, 50 cent wear. <laughs> extra, extra large. <laughs> club shirts. Extra, extra large. In the halftime show. Or 50. Uh, that was a pretty good halftime show. It's coming it? up in my year now, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It is. A-League last night, Melbourne City too good for Newcastle. Jets, Jets very good in the first half. Melbourne City... 
advantage by the fact that Jets went down to uh, 10 men in the second half. Taylor Regan got sent off after two yellows. They won 3-0 tonight's doubleheader, both on SEN. Wellington Phoenix, who are going really well against Sydney FC, and Melbourne Victory taking on Central Coast Mariners. And uh, the NBL, you can catch every game of the NBL live on ESPN and KO. Illawarra Hawks just gave it to the Cairns Taipans last night. Brian Gorgian's waking up a happy man right now. 79 to 54. And uh, tonight we've got the Southeast Melbourne team up against Brisbane, Brisbane Bullets. And tonight the Sydney Kings also against the Perth Wildcats catch every game of the biggest NBL season yet. Live on ESPN, streamed on KO, NBA NBA champion joining the Sydney Kings as well, Ian Clark, member of the uh, Golden State Warriors. And a big weekend in the NBA, I think it's next weekend, is it not? All-Star weekend? All-Star weekend might be this weekend. Or is it this weekend? weekend. Yep. This weekend. All-Star weekend. We've got, um, I think, your man Josh Giddy's over there. He's doing amazing things. Dyson Daniels is the next one. He's in the, he went over, he played in the NBA Academy that, uh, Josh went through, readied himself for the NBL. Dyson Daniels, young Australian, went instead of the NBL. He went to the G League. He went to the NBA Ignite team. Yep, which is like in their you know second div or whatever you want to call it. Pro ballers though, and a lot of them got to run this season because yeah. they were COVID. needed because of COVID protocols. But he's playing in the uh, I don't know what they call it now. It's like the next the the future stars game. Uh, they've done it a bit differently. They've diced it up a bit differently. But, yeah, Dyson Daniels projected to go first round as well, lottery pick. So keep on churning him out, Australian basketball. Dude, it helps. It helps. And once you sort of get one there and it, they go well, uh, the, the eyes do come back to the, the Australian basketball. And uh, we have spoken about it that the uh, the NBL have done a really good job being a, a – they've understood where they sit in the world of, of basketball. and yep. and what they can do and how they can help and, and make the best for their league and also the, and the NBA and then become a real feeder for uh, for NBA teams. Got home on uh, last weekend after the show and chucked it on the Phoenix Open. Oh, no, that was Sunday, oh. actually. Oh, oh, how good. A hole in one. How the two good. of them, actually. But the first one was... The you one. get a six or two in your crowd <laughs> and, and your group goes off like that. Oh. But the Phoenix Open, the Waste Management Phoenix... The Wasted. The Wasted Management Phoenix Open, you've got to control your wastage there, um, is fast becoming one of the go-to events in world sport. Becoming or already is? Is. Is, I would for the, say. For the Phoenixans, the people of Phoenix. Arizonians. Arizonians. <laughs> Phoenixans. That's what you're here for. Phoenixans. <laughs> the, the, the people of Phoenix and Arizona, they're all over it. They've been all over it. And Tiger Woods had a hole in one there back in the 90s, but there was no grandstand. And, and there was and there was ruckus. Wasn't it like watching? But uh, they need to. So there was a hole in one, and then there was ruckus, and then there was Big social ruckus. media everywhere. Yeah. And then the next day, there was a hole in one, and there was ruckus. If you're there, okay. you don't care about the ruckus. You're just creating But then, a little bit too far, Justin Thomas chipped in. Yeah. And then there was ruckus. Go. Okay, just save pump, it for the hole in one. Yeah, pump the brakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time someone just hits the dance floor, you on the other hand, <laughs> you hit the dance floor, green in regulation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff's lap being of honor. everywhere. Lap of honor. Just pump the brakes there on the Phoenix Open if someone just chips in. Yeah. But otherwise, mm. how good. Yeah. And it's perfectly positioned there with, um, with uh, rolling into the Super Bowl. 
That would, that wouldn't get through the playoff pretty quick, smart though, because it went to the start of the Super Bowl. <laughs> they all was like, "Oh, this is not quite working out There's too plenty well." Plenty of anyway. uh, plenty of jets here. They're at uh, Riviera, LA, right now. Riviera yeah, good Country track. Club. Yeah, good not track. bad. Not bad. Uh, Adam Scott's doing okay. I saw he's nine under. He's seven off the lead. Neiman, uh the Chilean leads. Joaquin. Joaquin. He leads at sixteen under, but he'll come back to the pack. And Scotty's a chance of winning for the first time in ages. We've got golf chat later on, and we'll save it. But the uh, the Saudi league, they're just about to. Yeah, they're going to so, do shotgun starts. Now, if you're not across your golf, shotgun starts, you, you know a golf tournament, they start with tee times, and everyone has a tee everyone time. Goes that goes all day. Hole, yeah. What they want to do with that is go, no, 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 no. Everyone, go out to a hole. There's 18 holes. We'll have yeah. 18 groups. Go out to your hole, and we're going to start. We'll let off the hooter, and at 2 o'clock, you're all teeing off, and we're going to show it all, and it's all done in four hours. So wait and see what happens with that. And you're right. We've got Evan Priest on, um, great golf writer, who's done a podcast with Steve Williams, 13-parter. Uh, Tiger Woods, ex caddy, uh, Evan and Steve. Yeah, well, he's done thirteen part podcast with him. He I'm sure they be. get on pretty well. Steve Williams is in. I've never seen a man move faster to get in the money shot. <laughs> we'll ever. ask Evan about that. Ever <laughs> he just knew where those cameras were. He knew. <laughs> he did. He Your man Barry Hall's coming along. How's he the going with this train? We'll find out. The big bad man with the big bad attitude. He's looking pretty sharp. <laughs> That's what he was, That's what we called him. Is that his? Yeah. Are you going to get him on? Are you going to be on the hype mic when well, he's walking into the ask him that. The big bad man with that. the big bad attitude. The boys that went around the uh, the O five group chat the other day. Do we need to get a couple of tables to go and support the big bad man? And we'll probably get out there and oh, good stuff. And hopefully, um, uh, and get out there and support him. But uh, I don't know. Might be in there with the the bucket behind him, <laughs> giving him the, the stop. Hype. Stop that train as well. I'm going to ask him what to do. If you end up in that corner, (laughs) I'm going to remortgage my house and get on Sunny Bill. Hang on a second. (laughs) Hang on a second. Oh, yeah, last week. Hang on a second. (laughs) What price was it? (laughs) $1.50. What? I got done by the syndrome the that is known as the, the other Walla Runner syndrome. The, the, Every time he has a short one, this the other one from his stable second wins. coming of winks. Chris, if you're listening, any danger of your <laughs> fifty pop holding out the $11 pop that's in the next box at Rose Hill out there? Uh-huh. Anyway. Feed the goes. right one. You got to feed the right one. Way it feed goes. The right one. And it makes it worse because the Lord's tip uh, at Doombin hit one and paid $4.60 and... Mm. Nicholas's tip at Caulfield won and paid twelve dollars eighty. So, <laughs> how'd your stupid multi go? Oh, Joe Burrow, nah. nearly got it. Done. Jake Duke's oh, going to join us to talk about nice. NRL that as well. Very not nice. <laughs> Doink. Uh, yeah, Jakey Duke is going to join us from Fox League to run his. Are eye we talking over mowing on the mower show? And yeah, go to the front page of the rundown. Nicholas and Lenny Lawler. Hey, our man, lunatic expert, I think absolute lunatic. Lornatic, he will join us He'll later the in the tarot. show. He'll be on the tarot. We're off to a quick break. We're going to get some uh, trials stories out of Nick. And I'm not talking about footy. I'm talking about everything that happens around trials. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back uh, to the show. Hope you're having a good Saturday morning, whatever you're up to. And if you're going to mow the lawn, good luck. Well done. Make sure it's with the Toro 100 years of innovation. Uh, Nick Davis, trials, pre-season trials. We've already bigged yep. up the fact that the NRL have got on the front foot and, and Fox League as well, all over the trials, showing them all. And that'll be the case this weekend. But uh, to play in, are they yep. fun? 
Uh, depends on where they are. You're standing in the group and team. <laughs> you sort of your social standing. So no, not really your social standing. More like your ability. Your, your yeah, your ability and your job security. And, <laughs> and you start to when it comes to trial season and trial time and. You start doing competitive in, in league. It'll be 13 v 13, AFL 18 on 18. And you start to – I'll put the two teams up at training and you start to go, well, hang on a second. <laughs> not, my magnet's not next to Barry and Barry's in the good team and I'm in this team. And you really start to, as a player, and now I know that as a coach, you can really play mind tricks on everyone. <laughs> but you, you, you do, you start to look and you're starting to try and piece it together. If, you, if you're uh, – if you're a stalwart of the team, you, you're probably looking for maybe it's, it's a badge of honour to not play, play trial one. You're like, oh, yeah, I don't need to play trial one. But if you're under the uh, under the persuader from the half mile, like I was in a preseason, <laughs> you're in every trial. But um, was that all the time with you in preseason? Not 2005, sixth preseason, my friend. I, I called used... my own shots, <laughs> and it ended up being back in reserve Two grade by round twelve. <laughs> I was going to say 2007, were you playing trials? Yep. <laughs> I bet Everyone. You I think I even captained one in 2008. <laughs> that's, how bad, that's how much of the main team didn't play in 2008 that I captained the team. <laughs> Bloody Tazzy, you know you're gone then late. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm in that trial. But uh, no, I did get out of one. I did get out of one. I got out of one. I think I might have told the story before, but I did get out of one. Do it again because it's the weekend to do it. What happened? I did get out of one. We were playing, we were playing a trial at. Campbelltown, maybe even in Canberra, yeah. somewhere out that way. Yeah. And I reckon there was a big race meeting at Ramwick. I reckon it might have been whatever it was. There was a race meeting and I wanted to go. So um, the best injury to fake is the calf injury because they it's a quick turnaround. <laughs> you can clear up pretty quick. It can. Like a hamstring, you sort of get on the hamstring program and you can sort of, yeah. oh, if you do a hamstring. And then, again, the, my fault at the Swans. Another story. I'm, I'm going to dive. Under, in, I don't think I've told this one. Under an injury cloud all week, all week, all week. I'm like, oh, I need to play. I've got to play 20 games to get my bonus. I've got to play. I've got to <laughs> play. I've got to play. And I was like, oh, I'll be right. I, mate, I was strapped up like a harness, like. Oh, face adios. I had tape everywhere <laughs> over this hamstring. In the warm up, I had, had a standby. Uh, did you get through the warm up? Yeah, I got through the warm up, got through the warm up, got through the warm up. First centre bounce. <laughs> Darren Jolly taps it down to Goodsy. Goodsy comes out. I take off on a lead from half forward. Doing. Hammy. <laughs> 24 seconds into the game. <laughs> so now there's a whole return to play hamstring policy at the Swans. Anyway. So the calf, yeah. So I wanted to go to the race. So the calf was the one. And you just, oh, I'm a bit, bit tight in the calf. Cause you can... But the other one I did have is because I did have hamstring issues, just I had a tight back. They kept it conservative with you. I was freaking, I was a highly valued player. But <laughs> so getting out of... <laughs> well, for one for, year. For one year anyway. <laughs> um, so getting out of trial sometimes is important. And the other one that you don't want is when you're playing in the trial and... Your whole goal is just to get to round one and you've got the main forward line out there and the young kid comes and stands next to you in his first trial, just ready to rip and tear. <laughs> Looking to make a name Look for himself. Looking to make a name for himself. Take a scalp. Yeah, and you're like, Jake King was the first. We played Richmond at Narandra. 
Okay, and Jake King, I reckon he's first or second. So year. if you're not across Jake King, he the was a, oh, he would have been like 5'9". Yeah. yeah. But just, a, just like, a real goer. Like a staffy that hasn't been yes. fed. Just wants to go yes. at everything. Yeah. Comes and stands next to you. First. Little jumper punches. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Of, puts the arm across you. Yeah, mate, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a troll. No one's watching. Like, just calm down. And like, oh, all right. Okay, mate. And this happened to a few. It wasn't just Jake, but I remember this one. And then Richmond get the ball from the centre man, and he just takes off. Oh, listen here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to stop. And then, and then, so he's playing as a deep back, and then it's um, Rhino keeps up at a high half forward. And I'm like, oi, Pebbles, <laughs> swap. So I'm trying to get the mismatch for someone, one of the old guys with the Richmond background. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, let's just stand here. I'm like, yeah, let's just stand here. Call it, call it quits. So. That's Got the important thing of the trials. And you just don't want to be matched up with someone that's playing for their life. Eager. Oh, yeah, mate. We're off to a quick break. We're going to talk trials, uh, NRL trials, all the news out of last night and this weekend and everything in rugby league. Jake Duke from Fox League on the way. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Office is empty here at SEN Towers on a weekend because everyone, you know, clears out and gets on with normal life. We're here. I'm Working. Put down. Um, I've just done a sweep of the office, though. No one's got deodorant, unfortunately. And it's unfortunate not only for me but you two gentlemen because in within the next two and a half hours, yeah. You so, don't carry some in your car, like cool in here. I'll go down and check. I don't think so. Well, you need to have your emergency stash in the car. Yeah, exactly. Deodorant. I, I do. Deodorant. I've got roll-on, though. Oh, that's fine. But I'm not going to share roll-on with you. <laughs> what? 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 What roll? Why do I have roll-on deodorant? Or Jesus, roll-on deodorant. Yeah, I've got a, oh, I've got you a, get itchy, a, you get itchy a backup. Skin. It's what the backup, mean? backup. Like if I use spray, it just gets weird, my skin. So I'm... That'd be the Lynx stuff. You can't use that. Africa? Yeah, oh, no. there's nothing else, It can only be the other stuff. No, I'm, I'm a Nivea guy. I'm a Nivea. Yeah, yeah. Are you a Nivea guy too? Should we get Nivea on sports? Sorry, there's, there's a little, there's a break here somewhere where we could throw <laughs> so in. So none of you, we the most sponsored show on SEN, truly. So you guys don't have any spare in your car. I, I do, yes. Oh, you do, but it's roll on. Roll on, yeah. Yeah, that, I think I do. I too. think that's stretching. I might have some some spray. If my golf roll bag's on. in there. <laughs> well, you got deodorant. Your golf bag for? Yeah. Well, for? You got sunscreen on. I got sunscreen in my golf bag and deodorant. Jake Duke doesn't have sunscreen in the golf. We're wasting Jake Duke's time right now because he's waiting on That's what you think. (laughs) This is absolute gold for Jake. From Fox League, Jake, uh, good morning. Sorry about that. We got diverted before we got to you. How are you, mate? I'm good, boys. I can bring you some deodorant if you want. Yay. See, there you go. Sick. There you go. Sweet. Thanks, mate. I'll, um, yeah, we'll keep you on the line after we let you go and get into the next break. I'll, I'll we'll run down to the car first. We'll and exactly. Mo's got... How's things, mate? How's uh, how are things looking for the weekend um, with all these trials on, on Fox League? Any updates out of last night? Any disasters from any of the four teams involved? That's the key out of trials to get through healthy. No, no, not, no updates from what... Uh, no bad updates anyway. We saw some uh, fantastic footy last night, wasn't it? It was good to see... Some of the superstars get back out there. You saw Tommy Trebojevic in action again after what was an amazing season for him last year. But also good to see some of the young uh, young kids on display. That's the beauty of the trials, isn't it? To see guys like Raymond Vega from, from Manly scoring a hat-trick. Xavier Savage, who's the guy who might push into that Canberra fullback spot this year. They're the guys you, you might not get to see week to week, especially with a lot of New South Wales Cup hasn't been running in the last couple of years. And 
to get to see them uh, stake their claim for a first grade spot is the is the beauty of the trials, and then also getting to see uh, some of the, the the superstars just kind of fine tune before round one. Obviously, we've got um, some big games coming up today on Fox League. It's just a, an amazing thing that the first time ever that we've shown all these trials. Normally, you know, they're the one camera shoot streamed online somewhere, the, the internet breaks up and, and hmm. fans are desperate to see their teams, you know, with footy so close. So this is an extra three weeks of footy season that we're getting on Fox League. And, you know, some teams are running out some of their stars and, and, and playing and then other teams are kind of going the conservative route, trying to get their young stars out there. But things to watch uh, today, I think, is for uh, young Lachlan Ilias. He's uh, lining up at number seven for South Sydney, obviously, He's the man who's going to get the first crack to replace Adam Reynolds after he left to the Broncos. That's that's an important one to watch today with the Rabbitohs taking on the Cowboys. We've got a Broncos side that's pretty much building a full-strength side uh, bar Adam Reynolds. Uh, Kirk Capewell in action for them against the Titans. So that'll be really good for Broncos fans to get a look at some of the guys that they brought and, and whether that's going to turn around for them this year after a couple of lean years in Brisbane. We know that you know they love their success up there. Ash Taylor gets his first run for the Warriors today after being thrown a, a life one for them. Um, and then you've got some of the Bulldogs' new recruits in action as well. Tavita Pangai Jr., Matt Duffy, Paul Vaughan. Uh, still got to wait a week probably to see Matt Burton, but the Dogs also trying to turn it around. So a lot of these fans will get the first taste of seeing their teams and whether they're ready to uh, you know, make a difference in, in 2022, which is really, really exciting. Yeah, Jake, probably one side that, that aren't fielding their strongest one is the Sharks, and everyone sort of had them pushing up uh, this year. When are we going to see um, Fitzy roll out his main side? Probably next week, you would think. There's only really two trials. They'll, they'll get a chance to show off their, their side next week. We saw the likes of Nico Hines um, and Braden Trindle play together last week in the All-Stars game. They're expected to be their halves pairing this year. Braden Trindle will play tomorrow for the Sharks against the Panthers, so he'll get another kind of hit out there. He's probably going to be the number seven that replaces uh, Sean Johnson, Chad Townsend left. So, uh, And Will Kennedy played in that All-Stars game last week. So that's going to be your, your main spine. But then they've also got guys like Dale Finucane, uh, who comes to this, the team from Melbourne. You'd imagine he'll get a run next week. Cam McInnes, who signed with the Sharks last year and then did his ACL, so he hasn't played in a year there the kind of guys that are really expected to bolster this side and get Cronulla as a premiership force. And then obviously we want to see what, uh, what Fitzy's got uh, as a, as a first grade coach. He was so highly touted for so long in the Roosters system for so long and offered jobs that he turned down. He turned down and waited for the right one. So he thought Cronulla was the right one, the right opportunity. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how, yeah, the Sharks, whether they're a contender this year uh, is anyone's guess, but they, they certainly are building a roster that looks like they, they can get back to that kind of top eight, top four uh, kind of echelon. So, yeah, one of the real interesting ones this year, Cronulla. Well, Nick, you've worked at the Roosters mm-hmm. as well, and you know a bit about Craig Fitzgibbon and what he's about. It, it does seem like he's – like <laughs> feels like if we're going to put it in golf parlance, he's, he's five under before he's even teed off, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of ahead of themselves about what the Sharks might be under him. How do you reckon he's going to go? Yeah, I think he'll go really well. Um, he's had a really good grounding uh, as a player and coach at the Roosters. He's done some great things with uh, New South Wales in, in state of origin defensively. He's a real defensive mindset, um, Fitzy. I think he, you mind me saying, he, he's a great defender uh, as a player. Um, he looked after the defence at the Roosters. Uh, same with uh, with New South Wales at the Blues and also country. Um, and it's, it's probably... The, 
look, the living in the Shire, the the people of the Shire want they love the Sharkies when they when they're going great. So um, look, I hope he goes really well. Um, yeah, he's had a great grounding, and I'm I'm sure he'll bring some. There's a lot of his own stuff there that now in the uh, in the the driver's seat he can he can do as well. Um, so it won't just be a, a carbon copy of any Rooster stuff. Hey Jake, uh, you've been out and about, I dare say, with preseason with all the shoots that Fox League do as well. What else have you you picked up around the place? You notice a good vibe about any of the the respective clubs that you've been to? Yeah, yeah, I have. I would. Uh, I think two sides have kind of stuck out to me. Uh, I think South Sydney. I think there's just a lot of a burning desire there uh, to to kind of make up for last year and what happened losing in that grand final. Obviously. Latrell comes back. Um, people have written them off without Adam Reynolds. I, I actually did their end of season awards last year, and that was you can even see the, 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 how much it burnt them then. A good week on from the grand final, they were still so angry about that they just couldn't get over that line in that grand final. So I think there's a real desire in South Sydney, and um, I guess a lot of it rides on, but some of those youngsters like Lachlan Ilias, whether they come in the side, young Blake Taff, how he fits in. But uh, it'd, be, it'd be silly to ride off a team that made a grand final without Latrell Mitchell. Uh, the other one I think is a, is a smoky. Like, obviously, you've got your, your obvious ones, the Roosters, the Storm, Panthers, the defending premiers. But I think the Raiders, I think the Raiders will have a big turnaround this year. Um, a guy like Jamal Fogarty who comes to them, he's that kind of halfback that they need uh, that probably will unlock the best out of Jack Whiten. He's a real uh, steadying half. He can kick long. It just means Jack Whiten can worry about what Jack Whiten does best, which is run the ball. We saw Xavier Savage last night, who's got that X-factor. Charles Nickel-Clockstar didn't play a lot last year. He He's back fit. Um, and then we saw a guy like Joe Tarpany, how well he played in the All-Stars game last week, got the Preston Campbell medal for man of the match. Uh, you know, the, the Raiders, they seem to have this kind of uh, feeling about them, uh, Big Papa as well. And they, they kind of have off year. It's the way they kind of run. They have an off year and then they pick back up and I think they'll be a real force to be reckoned with this year. They've, they've kind of sorted out those middle forward dramas they had last year where they had a lot of guys rotating and moving and just couldn't settle on that pack. I think they'll be a lot more stable this year uh, and they'll be tough to beat. So I think they were the yeah. two that kind of stood out to me, South and, South and the Raiders. Well, we'll see um, by the time we get to the end of May and how many times Ricky Stewart looks like he's just about to combust <laughs> in a press conference after the game, uh, Nick. Yeah, Jake. He's usually angry at me. He's usually angry. <laughs> That's right. okay, mate. That's okay. Put, in... put the stack hat on and get in there. Jake, who's at the other end? Who's at the other end? There was a, look, the, the Tigers there. Some of their young kids, were, were they good enough? Were they not la- last night? Who's at the other end of the table uh, in regards to... Uh, could be another long year. Yeah, probably the Tigers. Uh, look, it, it's interesting to see where Jackson Hastings fits in and how they go. Um, just judging on last year, you would think the Bulldogs would improve. You'd think the Broncos would improve with the recruitment that they've done. Um, I guess the the question marks hang over teams like the Tigers, the Cowboys. Probably didn't live up to... They probably would have thought for themselves last year. Obviously, a bit of pressure on... Michael Maguire as well, after everything that went on with the Tigers at the end of last year, whether he would keep his job, uh, he did. But have they got the, the troops? You know, they've got a guy like Jackson Hastings, as I said, Luke Brooks, um, but uh, a couple of guys they've recruited from overseas, uh, an English centre, Oliver Jerome. But I'm just not sure in terms of, yeah, those guys, will that be enough to turn the Tigers' fortunes around, get them into that top eight? And that's what people expect uh, their fans. You know, they're long-suffering fans. They haven't been in the finals since 
2011, I think it is, which is the longest finals drought uh, in the competition. So a lot of pressure on the Tigers, the Cowboys as well. Um, Todd Payton up there has got to kind of figure out what's going on with them. Uh, Valentine Holmes is the, the real question mark. He's their big marquee player. He signed to play fullback, but then you've got Hamasai Tabuai Fido, who's the kind of real the star up there. And where does Val fit? Does Val move into the centres? Does he play on the wing? Do you play a guy on the wing that's being paid that much money? There's a few dramas up there. And then obviously the big talking point last year was Jason Talmalolo and how he was used um, in his minutes last year. So there's a few things for, to figure out for those guys. And uh, I guess the interesting one as well is St. George of the Warra. I'm not sure how... Uh, a lot of people are wondering how they will go. Obviously, signed a lot of older guys in, in the likes of Aaron Woods and, and stuff like that at a, probably in the, the back end of their career, Josh Maguire. Um, but they've got some really good young kids coming through. Uh, Jaden Sullivan, Tyrell Sloan, who we saw in the All-Stars game, the Fine brothers. So there's a real mix there of the Dragons of... Uh, older veterans but young stars, whether that will translate into uh, a top eight is interesting as well. So uh, they're the teams I, I, I would be undecided about. You know, they teams can shock you and, and have better seasons than people thought. And it's never who you predict, is it, when you try and pick your top eight and your bottom eight. But I think they're the sides with the big question marks over in those three teams. Jake, really appreciate the update, mate, and congrats on the podcast as well, Refuse to Lose, that you can catch on, on KO and wherever you get your podcasts, um, episode like the one with uh, Greg Inglis. Good stuff, mate. Really appreciate your time this morning and um, go well for Fox League this season. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Good stuff. Jake Duke from uh, Fox League, and it's the only place to watch every preseason trial match live and ad break free during play, available on Foxtel and KO. After the break on the Mowers Club, we're going to rank the public holidays. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, we're back and now with our weekly rankings report. Uh, We're going to go into the realm. It's not a weekly thing, but I've just described it as a weekly thing. We're going to do it from now on. Weekly rankings report. We're going to rank the public holidays. Oh, yeah, like this. One to ten. So, on the slate. Next week, we, actually, next week, we're going to rank our competitors. <laughs> yep, exactly. Taking everyone on. Everyone. Everyone. Uh, so, the ten we've got here. Soon. Public holidays. Idiots. New Year's Day, Australia Day, Good Friday, Christmas Day, Easter Sunday, Easter Monday, Anzac Day, Queen's Birthday, Labor Day, Boxing Day. Right. Let's start at the bottom. Shall we? Are we going to go, you ten say of yours ten. and I say mine. Okay, 10 of 10. I've got equal last, New Year's <laughs> Day. Because New Year's Day is just a okay. shocker. Why? Who cares? It's just a, a calendar that's been made up by someone well, somewhere. I've, and I've, all got, of a that. Sudden I've got that for but another day. You're going to have it off anyway. And Australia Day as yeah. well. That's, I've uh, got Australia Day at yeah, 10. Change the date. Anyway. Anyway, we move on. Move on. So Let's you see. at nine. I've got two there, but who have you got at nine? Labor Day. I don't know what it means. Do I get a day off? That's how I've ranked them. What I get for that day. See, I've got Labor Day at five. Why? Because you get a day off. Because it's October and you're thinking summer's on the way. You don't get a public holiday from June until... Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't think that. So you think, beauty, mid-October, summer's on the way, weather's getting warmer. Got a day off. Uh, day after the NRL Grand Final as well, usually. I oh, like is that the, that one? I like it. I like Is the that that one? 
<sighs> Glad to see you put some preparation into your rankings. Nick. Is that that one? Yeah. Is that still? Yeah, is that, you've asked that question four times okay, and I haven't said well, no. Oh, I'll leave it at nine then. <laughs> Whatever. It could probably move up a bit. I didn't know that was that one. I've anyway, got an eight. Good eight. Friday. Why? Eight, eight Can, Queen's birthday. Can't eat red meat. That's all right. Fillet of fish. Very little sport options until the night time. Nothing's open. And can't bet. <laughs> Responsibly. Responsibly. <laughs> Queen's birthday, eight. Queen's birthday, seven for me. Okay. Yeah, it means nothing. Middle of winter. God, Middle just winter. get it over with. Uh, six, I've got Easter Monday. Six, I have Good Friday. Okay. Yeah, cool. Five, I've already said Labor Day. Five for you. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Okay. Yeah. You're yeah, probably partying yeah. on with your Eastern <laughs> Suburbs, yeah, mate. Yeah, down yeah. at Icebergs. <laughs> in the Shire. Yeah, but you go up to Icebergs. No, I do not. Footy, mate. Yeah, get your shirt half unbuttoned down there and yeah. show off your fake tan and white teeth. Uh, Easter Sunday is four for me. It's up there because you get copious amounts of chocolate. Four for you. Boxing Day is four for me. Okay. Three for me is Christmas Day. Same. I'm a family man. I love having the family around yeah. and cooking and having a good time. It changes. Yeah. It changes. It, it morphs into something else. Less about you and more about them. It's still a little bit more about me. Though. Number two. Number two. Yeah. Oh, you or yeah. me? Yeah. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Yeah. And reasons Choc- why? Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> Number two for me, Anzac Day. Yeah. Okay. Number one. Anzac, Best public Anzac holiday, day. Anzac Day. Anzac Day. What's your number one? Boxing Day. Why? Leftovers, sport, <laughs> couch, kids go play with your toys. Ham. 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 <laughs> What's for lunch? Ham. Ham, prawns. Uh, Anzac Day for me, number one. Fair enough. Anzac Day. Gibbo, one. how did you rank those rankings? <laughs> uh, rank the, the rankings. The 10 to 5, bit iffy, but I liked both of your ones. Yep. It's a, it's a, From 5 in... Five in was pretty good. It was hard to go wrong, but mm. I, I have to side with Nick on this one. Anzac Day is, I think, the best day. Oh, I said it off air. The only day that you can get to the pub at 10 a.m., you can punt it's early. It's not frowned upon. And it's not frowned upon. You're not going to some sort <laughs> of You're not being judged. Exactly. And the Roosters play on that day, so that's always a great game. As long as you remember what the day's for as well, first thing oh, in the morning. Mate, believe me, I'm up at sunrise. Not going to the dawn service, but I'm up. Yep. Fair enough. Sometimes I've rolled into the dawn service, not realising. Yes. <laughs> not realising. What's going on and here? Like, oh, it's good to see you here. I'm like, yep, so, I'm tried here. To, tried to bring Brad a semblance of nicety about it. Uh, morning, boys. I'm with Nick on having deodorant in the golf bag. I always yes. give myself a spray with the deodorant after the game before I go in the clubhouse. I also give a, myself another spray about how I played. The green-keeping rooster, <laughs> I can relate. Spray, your deodorant, spray yourself in the eyes with your deodorant. Barry Hall is on the way if he answers oh, his phone. So. And also Evan Priest to talk a bit of golf. He's done a podcast with Steve Williams, the ex-caddy of Tiger Woods, Adam Scott, etc. Greg Norman. And we're going to talk to Evan about that and everything golf. On the way, on the Mowers Club, on your Saturday morning on SEN. Catch you soon. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome back. Uh, we're into our second hour of the Mowers Club. Caught me out again. The, uh, the shorter version of the um, intro song. Put oh, your we're headphones doing this on again. Soon. Yeah, we're, we're doing, doing this, this again. again. We are doing it hey, every we week. Need, it's not your we need fault. To be good. No, I know. It's a no. directive, obviously. Yeah, but... Look, yeah. what we I've need done, to be good this hour. Why? Next two hours. Hey, you he, he know why. 
Oh, competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> so anyone who hates golf is out of luck right now because we're about to talk. Everyone golf. loves golf. Everyone loves morning golf. Mowers. If you're not mowing your lawn, you're playing golf. It's, it's one place you go to to admire lawn and Don't cop leave. some tips is a golf course. And we're going to talk a bit of golf right now with uh, one of Australia's best golf riders, Evan Priest, who has also done a little side project. It's a 13-part podcast. He's amongst friends here. Audiometry, <laughs> I'm going to call it. Did you just make something up there? I certainly did. It's no such thing. But anyway, it's uh, <laughs> a podcast series he's done with Steve Williams, the ex-caddy of uh, Tiger Woods, Greg Norman, Adam Scott, a few others as well. Ev, good morning. How are you, mate? Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Nick. Thanks for having me on. I'm, mate, I'm, I'm pretty good. It was a bit of a whirlwind day yesterday announcing the podcast and, and the feedback's been pretty good so far. And, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to sort of kick the series off and publish two more episodes a week. Excellent. So it's it's out there right now, and what's it called, and, and how did it come about? Yep, so it's called Chasing Majors, um, just because, you know, the ultimate end goal of professional golf is to chase major championship victories, so I thought I'd go with something simple, short and sharp, and it's out there. It's on um, Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, it's just going through the motions of Google Podcasts, and, um, and, and you can find it out there as long as you search for Chasing Majors. And uh, to answer your question about how it came about, I, I suppose I was just a little bit bored in lockdown, and uh, I wanted something to, to, to take my mind off, you know, being cooped up inside. So I had known Steve for a few years. He was, um, I got to know him when he was caddying sort of the, the back end of his time with Adam Scott. And, you know, we always got along really well. And I just sort of hit him up. I gave him a call and I said, what do you think? And he said, let's do it. Just because, you know, it was kind of a little bit inspired. And it's a funny story, Adam, because you had me on this radio station maybe this time last year when, the, when that Tiger Woods HBO documentary came out. Mm. And I think that's where the penny dropped um, for me, and I thought, Steve has done the odd documentary here and there, but they always group him amongst, you know, 15 people that um, have something to say about Tiger Woods, but nobody had ever sat Steve down and said, hey, let's just talk golf, like none of this bullshit, let's talk golf. Um, and, and sort of, you know, some people might think that 13 episodes is a bit much, but if you love golf, it's not. And I, and I just don't think that you could do each of those major wins justice unless you single them out for their own episode. So that's kind of how we arrived here. Well, let's have a listen to a part of one of the episodes, and it uh, pertains to the 99 PGA Championship where Steve Williams overruled Tiger on a read on the 17th, and it turned out to be the right decision because Tiger drained the putt and thanked him afterwards like this. Tiger trusted me, and it was the right call, and I believe that was, you know, and that's what cemented our place. He, um, well, one of the funniest things I've ever actually seen is uh, he, um, he sent me uh, a picture from him holding the trophy um, and then he had me um, sort of mounted behind a sheep. It's like saying, great call on this hole, you sheep shagger. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were off to a good start there. <laughs> so Kiwis can tell that story and get away with it. If it was in the reverse, it would be like, hey, 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 hang on, hang on. But he was, he was pretty open about his, his time with Tiger. Yeah, here's what I'm hoping that Kiwis um, are a nation that that are able to laugh at themselves because that's uh, that could go one of two ways. But he was uh, I, I, that just caught me by surprise. That one thing, and I, I was very very fortunate in my job over in the states that I was able to have a couple of one-on-one interviews with Tiger, and and I, and I picked up that he he loves to give people that he comes across, which is thousands of people every day, he loves them. He loves to give them a little nugget about their home country. He just likes to sort of show off that he knows something about their home country and. For him to know that the whole sheep shagger dynamic, which is obviously not true, it's just a very funny 
incorrect stereotype. Um, but for him to know that, it, it was impressive and funny at the same time. Uh, Evan, how in, in the 13 episodes, how in-depth does, does Steve go in, in regards to his Tiger stories? You mentioned about the uh, the documentary last year that sort of came out and anything to do with Tiger Woods, people are hanging all over every word. How in-depth does he go uh, in, the, in your uh, podcast? Yeah, Nick, very, very in-depth. And, and sorry, I, d- I didn't answer the second part of Adam's question, but um, he, he kind of opens up a, a lot. Like, you know, it's, I'm biased because it's my own podcast, but hmm. uh, he he tells stories that I had never heard before. There, there's, you know, I, w- I won't give anything away, but there, there was, there was a, a story about a helicopter incident in Thailand in, in 2000, at the end of 2000. There's, he opens up about what it was like to fly in Tiger's private jet from Florida off to the major championships in, you know, Scotland and, and the UK. Um, and, you know, about little reconnaissance missions where they'd fly to this to a golf course that was hosting a major championship, maybe three or four weeks early, and just sort of get all their homework done. Um, and then just, just those kind of spiritual moments, you know, um, you know, like when, when t- Tiger would always wake at what they called Dawn 30. So they had this saying, Dawn 30. So whenever the sun rose, Half an hour after that was when Steve was expected to be on the driving range with Tiger, and they basically get their practice round done at Starfire well before all the crowds and all the other players and caddies come. And and he just kind of takes you behind the scenes and tells you what it was like to to sort of stand two feet away from the greatest golfer arguably ever during his greatest period. And there's just little you know practice habits and 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 the way that they travelled together, some of the jokes that they shared, but also what it was like for Steve because. I got the sense throughout this whole series that he didn't really ever get time to stop and smell the roses and sort of soak up what he'd achieved. Um, and it was quite stressful because he never got to really celebrate any of those wins. And, and it felt like this was maybe the first time, this podcast series, that he was able to sit down and, and think, shit, you know what? Like, I was a part of history and I'm really grateful for that. With the relationship on the golf course, so you mentioned there about what they, they did to get... Does he go into depth about how he was able to to help Tiger on the course? Because you, you look at Tiger and he was he was built to win from a very young age by his dad and his dad's rela- relationship with his dad was very close. But then you get the outsider and I remember after the 97 Masters, he, uh, I think it was um, Mike Cowan, was it was that the first caddy he had? Yeah, yeah, Fife Cowan. He, he just bombed him. He just went out and he got someone else in. Mm-hmm. How close was the relationship allowed to be in terms of, you know, if Tiger had a shot, and Steve could see something that it was going to turn out not so good. He could overrule him. He he had that power over him. Was it was it that dynamic, or was it something else? What one hundred percent? And not only that, Steve Steve reveals in the podcast that he actually um, he, he recalls the very first time he lied to Tiger about a yard. So Steve would, Steve would had worked out quite quickly that um, the way that Tiger was swinging the club in the, in the pressure quadrant of the major championships. With all the adrenaline flowing through him, he he knew that Tiger would hit the ball maybe five or seven yards harder just because he just you know jacked up. Um, but he didn't want to have an argument with Tiger over certain shots. So what he would do is he would lie about the distance of the hole so that Tiger would automatically choose the club that Steve originally wanted him to without an argument. And so you know, like there was an example. I think it was the um, I do that with my children. <laughs> And and he says, uh, and, and this is coming out, I think, next week in episode four, um, the 2000 PGA Championship, it's sort of regarded as the greatest battle that Tiger ever faced from anyone. And it was his sort of, I don't want to call him nobody because he's a lovely guy, but his name was Bob May. 
and he just stuck at the Tiger for 18 holes. He did not back down. And there was a shot sort of late in the, on the back nine where Steve thought, well, I want Tiger to hit a sand wedge, so I'm going to suggest that the... Sorry, I, I, want to hit, I want Tiger to hit a lob wedge, so I'm going to suggest that the yardage is shorter than it actually is because I know that he'll hit it really hard. It'll fly up in the air, and he'll probably get an extra 10 yards out of this lob wedge, and it'll be the correct hole. And he, he took a massive gamble. He, he really could have been fired for that after the round if, if Tiger hadn't won. And then from there, he got the confidence to lie, lie to Tiger quite often. And he said there was one round at, during a regular PJ Tour event, the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Florida. He said he didn't give Tiger a correct yardage for the, for the entire round. 18 holes, he lied about the distance of the hole. So it's just little insights like that where you go, holy moly, this just, you know, we can't get enough of Tiger. And this is just a different lens um, through which to view him. Well, Tiger didn't exactly tell the truth the whole time, either, did he? So yeah. <laughs> he, he can't be uh, he can't be pointing fingers, old old Tiger. But Evan, one things I do I do notice about Steve Williams is he knows the, the right moment, and he's always in the background. Adam Scott, Scotty's Augusta. I've never seen a caddy get to the right spot for the right photo in all my life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he is guilty of that. And you know what I would say to that? It's just when you're the greatest caddy of all time, you can do whatever you mm. want because he, he really, you know, like some people don't like Steve in the world of golf and maybe for that reason, but he earned the right to sort of get in, involved in the player's celebration more than, say, other caddies would because he actually did improve all those golfers. If you look at Adam Scott, will tell you, if you ask him tomorrow, you know, did I become a better golfer because of Steve Williams? 100% yes. He actually read the winning putt for Adam mm. Scott in the 2013 Masters. Like, like I, I don't think Adam... He might have won that Masters, but he doesn't hold that putt that ended up winning it for him because he, he read it nowhere near correctly what the actual read was. I think Adam read it a cup outside of right, and Steve Williams, you can see him on the broadcast if you can lip read. He says, that's not even close. It's two and a half cups, and the rest was history. So... He, yeah, like it's funny, but he, I, I think he earned the right to, to get in amongst those celebrations and, and make it a little bit about him because it kind of was. <laughs> hey, Evan, further afield, you're just about to head back over the States um, to continue working. Yep. It's a fascinating time for golf because it mm. seems the popularity, I mean, it, you could look at anything and say, oh, the popularity has exploded because if you go down whatever avenue you want to on the internet, you, you'll find what you want. It's pretty easy to find what you want, but it seems golf is going through this phase at the moment where it's it's becoming big. Like, it's it's getting bigger all the time. Uh, the, the money has exploded in terms of prize money. And now you've got this wild card in the fact that the Saudis want to get involved with Greg Norman's help and create a new tour for just ridiculous, mind-boggling amounts of money. Where is it at at the moment? Can, can that conceivably happen? And has golf got to be careful because we've seen when – you know, new boys come on the block, i.e. things like Super League here in Australia, it can tear the sport mm. apart. Yeah, it, it could. It has the potential to disrupt golf uh, in one or two ways, either positively or negatively. I would say for the most part it would be positive because I think it could, honestly, what you just mentioned, the Super League, the Rugby League Wars back in the late 90s, I think it could have a very similar effect in that, you know, you can start this splinter league and then that's all good and well. Um, but I don't, I don't know if the interest is there because a lot of golf is driven by history and, you know, nostalgia. So, you know, going to this tournament and this golf course and people can't wait. Like at the moment, Riviera Country Club in LA, very famous historic golf course. People love watching the best players in the world play that golf course. 
Um, and this new league won't have that. But what, what it could do is actually just force the PGA Tour to improve its own product because I, I do love most of the PGA Tour, but, you know, they, they're probably guilty of having a monopoly and maybe resting on their laurels just a little bit and, and, and not really looking at the product and how it could evolve um, and, and, and improve. Um, so, and, and I think Phil Mickelson, he had, like, I don't know if you've read it, but he had this bombshell interview with uh, Alan Shipnuck yesterday in which case he... He, he sort of said that was his um, motive for this whole speaking out and, and being one of the leading guys for this new Saudi league is that he actually doesn't really want to play the Saudi league as much as he wants to improve the PGA to a product. Mm. Whether that's true is a different story. But I think the uh, the positive effect is that the PGA tour might go, all right, well, in defense of this new threat, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And that could potentially benefit Australia because, you know, for a long time, people have been crying out for, for a PGA tour event in Australia um, the, the, the sand belt um, is world-class and deserves its own spotlight every year on, from the world of golf. And um, the PGA Tour is certainly looking at the fall, what they call the fall or autumn series on the PGA Tour, like October, September, October, November. And they're eyeing off a bit of an international series where there's a lot of money to attract the world's best players and encourage them to go overseas. And they're going to look at Australia as potentially one of those events. Well, that's a good thing for Australian golf. But if the Saudis want to take uh, Bryson DeChambeau, take him. Please just take him away. <laughs> just take him away from. Just take him away, please. And find a physio he's not, for he's him not as my well. Cup of tea. No, he's, he's not, not my cup of tea. I, 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 I love golf swings that are balanced and rhythmic and all that sort of stuff. And he just swings it out of his shoes. And, and, and to be fair, with all this hoopla that he's created over his own game, and it actually hasn't been that successful. Yes, he won it, a major yeah, in no. a couple of events. And it's an absolute lie. Yeah. It's a lie, Evan. Did you see the the the? Uh, on, this is going to be a yeah, nah, because Evan's on now, I'm going to speak to him about it. Yeah, it's an early Did you see the, uh, the, the lie and lofts of his clubs? Yeah. He just stamps them differently. Yeah. He's got four yeah. irons that are stamped four, six iron. Just hit a six iron. Nick, his, his pitching wedge is 40 degrees. And, and for the listeners out there that don't know all the lofts and whatnot, a pitching wedge is normally about 48 degrees. So yeah. his, his pitching wedge is eight degrees stronger than you and I. So it's, uh, I don't think that's almost like an eight iron. So... Yes, he's hitting the ball further with a driver. He can't lie about that. But everything else lost, is a lie. You know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a walking Cairo um, <laughs> dream. That's what he's. He's a Cairo's wet dream, Bryson Shambo, yeah. because that's where he's going to spend the next five years of his life. I reckon if he keeps swinging like that. Hey, uh, Evan, we'll leave it there, mate. Really appreciate. it. We'll catch up when you get over. When do you go to the states and uh, take up the the new gig? Next week, actually. So, yeah, yeah. thanks for that. Thanks for your kind words. And, and yeah, thanks for everyone for um, listening to Chasing Majors on, on the podcast doors. It's going to be good fun. Yeah, check it out if you're a golf fan. It's a fascinating sports fan. It's a fascinating insight into one of the most successful eras in any sport, and that was the Tiger Woods era, winning majors left, right, and center. Evan Priest, thanks, mate. Have a good one. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Adam. Here comes Yana after the break on the Mowers Club. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It's time for... Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, the things that we look at and go, "Mm, no, that's pretty ordinary. Uh, I'll just have a quick one off off the top. Quick single. Hard nectarines. That's your fault. No, it's not. It is. How do you know? Squeeze them. No, I buy them in the packet. That, oh, that yeah, nah, to you, my friend. <laughs> you, that is just turn. Turn that around for quick smart. That's your fault. Yeah, nah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, I well, know you. You buy it in the thing, and yeah, yeah it's it's buy just, them individually, nah, mate.
No, I don't have time to sit there and go. Oh, okay, well, you got time to whinge about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got nothing else to do in the next three hours. Can't go to the aisle and start squeezing nectarins right now. Mate, that's your fault. Friday, your turn. Got again. Uh, this is off the back of the uh, of the Super Bowl, and as most people considered one of the greatest halftime performances of. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good. I'm yeah, narring the throng of people that then got on social media and go, hey, at NRL, hey, at AFL, <laughs> are you watching? Let me t- let me just be clear here. Snoop Dogg doesn't live in Paddington. <laughs> Dr. Dre doesn't live in Vaucluse. He probably would, but he doesn't. Buy They're Vaucluse. not coming to do the halftime at the NRL. So get back in your box a little bit, please. We get it, okay? But it was... The Super Bowl in Los Angeles. In Inglewood. Where they live. And they don't get paid for it. What? Do- Dr. Dre spent $10 million of his own money on the production. What? You don't get paid for halftime of the Super Bowl. You don't get paid. Really? No. That's outrageous. No, because what does it give you? How many people are watching it? I know what it gives the NFL. Exactly. They're making money from it. Exactly. But you do as well from the amount of people watching it. Okay, you yeah, now the fact that people are whinging about that. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. And I'll go off the back and say, NFL. Yeah, no. Pay your stars. Why? They don't have to. It's a lineup. They The NFL get to choose. They're all putting their hand up saying, I want to perform mm-hmm. at halftime. And the iconic, the... The LA and all that sort of stuff. A little bit of yeah, no, Kendrick Lamar probably could have been. What? Ice Cube could have probably been in there. No, Kendrick Lamar. Cube He's from been, there. He's from LA. Cube could have been in there. Mate, Kendrick, that was awesome. Yeah, oh, but I'm saying in, 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 in your batting order. You want a yeah, no? Back at you? <laughs> no, you saying just, that? This is a, just a, itching to get back at you. <laughs> you can't. Anyway, for the people that get on, are you watching? Have a little bit of perspective and understanding on life. You never Snoop Dogg's not going to perform at halftime of the NRL and the AFL. Mm. We just got to do with what we've got. Mm. They got Macklemore. He was pretty good. Yeah, and everyone row. canned him for it. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Who? Everyone. The the people that don't like blokes hanging out with blokes. Exactly. People. Everyone's the got five percent. Everyone's of... got a problem with everything these days. If you get Snoop Dogg out, everyone be like, oh, there'd be a, a group. Well, of... Actually. Probably can't get in the country. He tried last time and didn't get a piece of tree. Dr. Dre. <laughs> to do man. those menu logo <laughs> ads from over in LA, send the tape over. Everyone's like that. He does menu log. Why can't he do half time? <laughs> well, anyway, so yeah, not nah, all those people. It's not happening. Yeah, no. Nah, no, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. It's not two out of that. Two yeah, out So I should have. Guys, read this post midweek on social media. I'm sorry to say, but I know a few remote contacts in various high places, tech, government, etc. And unfortunately, I'm becoming increasingly convinced that the high rates of sunburn reported over last weekend in Canberra are something more serious. The theory that was presented to me was that the 5G towers surrounding Canberra were recalibrated to focus harmful wave energy over the general vicinity of Epic. I mean, seriously, think about it. They say you're more likely to get sunburn in Canberra because it's high altitude. 
How is that plausible given that the space between the sun and the earth is pretty much the same no matter where on earth you are because space is so huge? My advice is if you were at Epic last weekend in Canberra and now have sunburn, track the number of days you feel burnness. If it's not, if it's longer than a few days, you've got 5G poisoning and have grounds for a class action lawsuit. Good luck, everyone. Emoji Australia flag. I'm not even yeah narring that. That's what that deserves. <laughs> I was waiting for Timmy Trumpet to come on. Anyone you get into a conversation with the person that drove onto the other person's <laughs> bonnet. Oh. She was an anti anti vaxxer <laughs> who's got her own OnlyFans account. Kids, ask your parents what OnlyFans is. Just on <laughs> just on that, is it? The pretty much. <laughs> just on that whole movement, if you get into a conversation, this is what I want people to do. If you have a phone handy, on Spotify, there's a sound effect that goes. So if you suddenly find yourself in a conversation with someone and they go, by the way, did you get too close to that 5G tower or something like that? Just hit it. And that alerts everyone around (laughs) that there's a problem. With the conversation that you're having. I agree. I agree with that. I've got one more. You better, are you going to do yours or are you yeah, not going to oh, do I've it? got one, Nick. And okay. Are you sure? You'll really like this one, sure? Nick. I, you, you sort of hate this sort of stuff just Ooh. as much as I do. I hate this show. It's a really tragic event. We saw that video from the other day of yep. the shark attack. Yep. Now, why on earth would your first instinct be to whip out your phone and film it? Yep. Yeah, I agree. On with massive, that. yeah. No, I agree. To anyone with that. who a first instinct is to get out their phone and film, huge. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. That's a good one. Thank you. Very serious. I had another one, but a little, uh, more, <laughs> a little more heavy than hard. I agree trees. with that. I agree with that. Well, well look, I, I, I something happens. No, I got you. I got if there's an accident, issue, people yeah. just don't go. Oh, you're okay. They're like, yeah. are you okay with the phone? Well, out? even even with the Canberra, the, the OnlyFans Canberra lady, like mm. the first instinct <laughs> was, was people to whip out their phone. Like <laughs> that was pretty mad though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, that was a was rather funny. large brain explosion. on her bonnet, but before yeah. I was happy about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I am crazy. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have her on the uh, run home this week. Yes. Yeah, she's um, more a run home type, I think, with Fletch and home? Joel. Have they rebranded as well? Yeah. They're very branded. Yes, they sure have. Do we need to rebrand? No, we're not. We're very happy as a Saturday yeah. morning Miles Club. We did it way earlier than they did. And the Lord. They got, have they got merch yet? No. Nil by merch? Nil by merch. I've got one more. Yeah. Can I go? Yeah, do it. Do it. This is one that I've picked up a little bit. Barry Hall's not answering his phone, so we can go for the next half hour. I know, I know. Bash him. <laughs> um... Pick this up a little bit in across radio, television. Mm. People that go the Adam Peacocks, the Nathan Gibbons, <laughs> the Nick Davises of the world. It's singular. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm the Xander Shoffleys of the world can hit this shot. No, there's only one. Xander Shoffley can hit it. It's a single. <laughs> it's not plural. You seven math last uh, math. There you go, English. Oh. <laughs> English. That was going to be the best soundbite, and I buggered it. You seven English. It, it, but it's not the Novak. The Novak Djokovic's. No, single one person. Yeah, nah. Stop saying that, people. <laughs> it annoys me. Tommy Turbo's. Yeah. No one. Tommy Turbo. 
Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back to the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. And uh, Sonny Bill Williams and Barry Hall are going to face off in Turf War. Watch the fight March 23 exclusively on Stan's new pay-per-view offering Stan event. And happy to say Barry Hall joins us right now. I was going to face off with him if he didn't answer his phone. Former teammate of Nick Davis, who Barry Barry, says he was going to bash you if you didn't come on. Um, (laughs) Your response to such an outrageous claim. It, it is outrageous. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Dave was um, yeah getting a, a few things mixed up. I think he, he forgets some of our boxing sessions at the yeah, Hanging out next to five G towers or something like that. I think before that. I was comment. the number one mate. I was the number one Padman. Don't worry about that, Bustler. But how are things going, mate? How uh, preparations going, going for your fight? Yeah, going really, really well. Um, yeah, things are things are going along smoothly, which um, sometimes. Um, yeah, you've got to keep on top of things, but um, going better than I expected. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the eight rounds uh, pretty comfortably now, and um, you know, we're certainly building up the pace of that now. And uh, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a good spot. How different is it to? We spoke last time about your, your first fight, and you said even pre-fight, you know, getting your second win, doing things differently. What did you learn from your your first fight and the preparation? What have you changed up? Yeah, just um, I'm more relaxed in there now. You know, it was uh, the first fight I had was, you know, was almost a sprint. You know, six two-minute rounds, so you've got to get in and get it done. With this, we can settle into the fight a bit more. You know, we want to put on a bit of a pace, but um, yeah, we can settle in um, and obviously just pick your moments. Um, you know, you can't split through three eight-minute rounds, particularly in your second fight. So um, just to be a bit a bit smarter about uh, how we go about it, and um, yeah, sort of tailoring training to suit. Um, so, you know, a few things different, as you spoke about before and as you alluded to, but um, I learned quite a bit from the first flight in terms of warm-ups and, you know, getting the second wind earlier and all those sorts of things. So there's a lot to learn, but, um, you know, we've uh, certainly put that in place in this fight camp. Hey, just on um, the, the early stages of a, a fight camp, um, how hard is it in terms of referencing it maybe towards, say, Nick Davis' first time, day of um, pre-season training doing a time trial 3k like and he's basically been beaten by the guy who puts the bins out how well, where were you early days with this is it is it like oh my goodness what am I doing this for you got to get through it somehow or is it uh, something else I was never in the hurt logger like that, Nick Davis coming back day one of pre-season. oh it was so um, great let's just get that straight <laughs> it was so great but, um, look it, it is it is tough but I've kept myself in reasonable shape so um yeah, it's it's just adapting to, um, you know, you've got to be comfortable in a in a high pressure, uncomfortable situation. That's that's the key. Um, you know, there's carnies going on. There's someone trying to kill you. You've got to be cool, calm, collected, and, and be able to fire back. So, it's um, yeah, it, it is tough. But as I said, I've kept myself in a reasonably good shape to, you know, to springboard off that. And then yes, fight camp is hard and it's grueling. There's lots of sparring, and you know, you have your good days and bad days. And some days you get punched up, and you're thinking, geez. You know, am I on the right track here? And then the next time you spray, you, you know, you light the bloke up. It's just how it is. It's an up and down process. And, but that's why boxing is, uh, you got to respect the guys. It's a, it's a team sport and it's not for everyone. Hey, Bustler, how much uh, time and effort are you putting into to Sonny in regards to seeing what he's doing? We're obviously, again, we spoke that he uh, he took off overseas for his camp and, and some of his other fights. Are you doing much vision uh, of that sort of AFL style, prepping for your opposition? 
Absolutely. We've, we've looked at what he does. And look, um, we're under no illusions. He's going to improve. You know, he's got, he's training with world champions. He's got some of the best trainers in the world he's training with. He's going to improve. So, you know, it'd be a mistake to go off his previous fights and go, oh, this is how he's going to fight. But there's some things in a fighter's DNA and a person that you can't change um, quickly. And, uh, you know, we've certainly put our eye on those things. And uh, we're keeping it very, very basic. Um, I'm certainly not going to be some world champion or, you know, challenge Justice Hooney for the Australian heavyweight title. I'm, you know, that's just not going to happen. That's unrealistic. So we're, we're keeping things very basic. We're doing all the, the basic stuff right and drilling them. And um, it's like, you know, tipping tip of water into a glass. Sometimes the water overflows if you fill it too much. There's no putting, no, no point putting all that information in if the water's just going to flow out and you don't take it in. So we're keeping it very, very basic. Um, Barry, earlier on we were talking about trial stories and Nick was mentioning the fact that once upon a time he got little Jake King, um, little fly-in-a-bottle uh, Richmond <laughs> little nugget who came and pestered him um, during a trial. and he Just do a lap around Barry and he <laughs> just, they just disappeared. <laughs> they weren't there anymore. He couldn't be bothered. <laughs> he couldn't be bothered chasing him around. He, he just, like, it was it was about survival. And we'll get on to SAS, your appearance on that in a moment. But it was about survival trials for, for Nick. Have you got any, like, it is trial season right now, February, when the sweat comes out. Uh, any things that stands out from your time playing footy that you go... I just wanted to get through that. Or did you actually enjoy trials? I actually enjoy them. Um, a bit of a challenge. But there is a story to the Jake King um, matchup that Dave is talking about. And, um, you know, Jake King, you know, walks around like, you know, he's carrying chocolate bars. He, you know, he pumps, <laughs> pumps the chest out. And he's, mm. you know, he's a, he's a solid little nugget. And he's, he's got a mouth to suit, that's for sure. But, um, anyway, he's, he was talking a bit of trash. And, you know, I was getting into him a little bit. And then uh, I, I said to him, um, I reckon I've seen you on uh, on midget porn. And because um, he's quite short, obviously, uh, for those people who don't know. And uh, anyway, the guy who was playing on me, his, uh, his teammate, just cracked up laughing and said, oh, there's no coming back from that. That's, he's, he's got nothing. So that bit of a laugh moved on. Anyway, at the end of the game, we won the game. And the, uh, the fullback came up to me, his teammate, and shook my hand and said, well done, mate. And he goes, hey, I just want to know what you're doing watching midget porn, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> and once again, but for all the uh, kids in the car with the parents this morning, <laughs> ask your parents. Anyway. <laughs> that was that was true. So I reckon that was Narendra or something like that. It was Narendra. Narendra. I reckon we went down there, but the, would have been nice the, and cool down there. Some, in some of the funniest ones was watching Bus Hawley and LRT in our intra clubs. Louis Roberts Thompson. Yeah. And everyone loved Louis, but then Hawley would get the little miss go across his <laughs> eyes, <laughs> and we'd be there go watch this, watch this, watch this. Poor Louis. <laughs> <laughs> there was no good because I was talking about when you see the matchup board and Hawley. We said like this time of year, be like looking to work out. I oh, yeah, the Hawley's on there, and then I'm next to Hawley, and then mix there. Okay, we're the good forward line, and then we'd be like, we got the good defence or the bad defence this time. <laughs> Trying to work out who's who in the as zoo. As you know, as you know, Dad, I love uh, Louis. He's a, he's, a, he's a great kid, and um, when I actually left the Sydney Swans and played for the Western Bulldogs, I, I played on him. And I was just, you know, licking my lips going, here we go. I can get in his head now. So he knows what's happening in those trial games. So it was uh, quite an enjoyable experience playing for the Bulldogs against, uh, against Louis. Hey, we've got a text on the text line, Barry. Uh, Stu from Cronulla asks, can you ask about what it was like being on SAS Australia? Now, you're, you're here with us on the radio this morning, so you survived, first of all. What was it like? <laughs> 
Oh, it was, it was very challenging, and, and obviously that's what the show is all about. It's a it's a mental challenge. You can't just you know use your brawn and physicality and, and your fitness to get through. It's very much a mental game as well, and um, it's one of those shows you just can't switch off. So a lot of people also ask, is it legit? Is it is it true what goes on, or is it reality TV? You know, do they you know miss the shot and they go, okay, everyone stop and we'll go back to the start. It's it's not like that at all. So. Ant Middleton, who runs the course, says to the production team, if you miss the shot, bad luck. I'm running my course as it should be ran. If you miss it, that's on you. So they run it how it should be ran, and there's no stop-starting. There's no, oh, let's do that again. We missed the shot. It's very much real, and um, it's one of those things you really need to get into a mindset of um, of where you are and what it's all about because they can, they can call you out of bed at 4 in the morning, and you've got five minutes to be ready with backpack on, uh, your water bottle filled right to the top, all your clothes dry, uh, your boots on, everything, you've got to be assembled up within five minutes. If you, if you haven't got five minutes, if you're a second late, there's big, big punishment. So you almost sleep with uh, one eye open. It's um, Yeah, you're always on edge and you've got to get in that mindset. It's um, It took me a couple of days to do that. Um, it probably took people... Well, they're still not in it. There's a, there's a few contestants who just never got in their mindset because they haven't been in a sporting um, or a team environment. Mm. Um, and, you know, what we obviously been in some footy camps, Dave, where yeah. you've got to be mentally challenged and, you know, you're always on edge. So I sort of adapted to it within a couple of days, but some people just didn't adapt to it at all. So you need to be on, absolutely. Uh, Bustler, now I'll get to the hard hitting. Have you got a song picked out, man? It's got to be it'd be Lincoln Park or something like that. That's all. Oh, the walkout. Well, yeah, yeah. Whenever we come into the gym, Mickey O and Goodsy and myself, we'd be have our our cool rap music, and Holly would just come in. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Park would go. Lincoln Park would go straight on. We know oh, yeah, Holly's in the gym. Yeah, I'm into a bit of um, grungy stuff. You know, death, destruction, destroy. You know all that stuff. It's, uh, <laughs> you know the words you don't understand, and you know you just mumble them. Just man. scream. Just scream into the microphone. What do you got? What's yeah, your walkout song, man? Song to be honest, but I'm uh, I'm open to suggestions. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. I can also confirm that you still hold the longest burnout on Driver Avenue too. <laughs> a couple of new boys came in last week and had a bit of a crack, but no, you still got them, man. <laughs> Oh, look, that was a mistake, and you should never do those sorts of things on the road. Oh, you. Look at him. I'm so proud of him. Well, the thing about a burnout is... 22.7 metres. You don't go over the speed, speed limit. limit. No. <laughs> you ruin no, your tyres, but... Uh, Very true. But it is dangerous. It but is don't dangerous. Do it, no, we don't, let's not do that. Let's just go on SCAs and jump out of helicopters and all that sort of... <laughs> set yourself on fire. <laughs> Hey, Barry, uh, just over a month ago before your fight with Sonny Bill Williams, you can catch it on uh, Stan's new pay-per-view offering. Stan event, March 23, Turf for Sonny Bill Williams v. Barry Hall. We'll check in just before the fight if your taper is going okay. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us on the Mowers Club. No, thanks for your time, boys. We'll, uh, we'll chat very, very soon. Sounds good. Barry Hall joining us on the Mowers Club. Back in a moment with uh, a bit of do yourself a favour. And our man who's all over social media, Gibbo, brings us an update about one of the world's biggest recording artists and having a bit of a meltdown through the week. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. We had our uh, Yeah Nah segment earlier, Nick Davis, mm. and happy to say that now our uh, listeners are getting in on the act. 
Matt on the text line, 0457 736 736. Mowers, I've got a yeah, nah. Sports pundits that preface a statement by saying, I'm not being disrespectful, but then they hammer someone or some team. Classic one this week, a former Australian skipper. I'm not being disrespectful to Sri Lanka, but you can pick 11 club cricketers from Sydney and they would beat them. That's being pretty disrespectful. That's pretty disrespectful. Yeah, Matt, good point. Has Matt got a T-shirt? He does. I think he was one of the first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Maybe if you can guess my jersey, mm. the Lord might, in, in the third hour, come up with some goods. Okay. Some Adam goods. Looking forward to that. Oh, I like that. Looking forward to that. Um, around the socials this week. So, Gibby, I'm going to bring you in here. Yeah. I'm not really oh, he's been ready. across this. Well, Nick, I'd say if we have to rank the segments that I have to be prepared for and that I enjoy doing, I'd say around the socials is probably 13th. Really? Yeah, I, I just I struggle Behind to find the super sort rugby of rap. stuff. Mate, it's super rugby <laughs> raps in the top three. Gordon Bray, <laughs> the next. Uh, the next, but, the um, second. Around the socials for this week, something that caught my eye was mm-hmm. Kanye West. Oh, um, yes. And if I can borrow a qu- quote from the great man, Joel. Kane, you can't give it back, so you're stealing it, but go. Hell hath no fury like a scorned ex. Yes. Mm. Now, Kanye unleashed a bit of social media fury. So he was sort of leaking text messages between him and Kim. He was was making fun of Pete Davidson, who's now Kim's new boyfriend. He's nosy. I'm not sure if he's not. He's a Saturday Night Live comedian. Is he that funny? I'm not not sure. Sorry, I got to mix up with someone. No, yeah, yeah, go on. Yep. So, yeah, so essentially Kanye had a bit of a meltdown this week. You saw him at the Super Bowl. He was live streaming what he was up to. Look, big meltdown from Kanye, but that actually leads into my do yourself a favor. Mm. Basil brushed over that one. Mm. Is the Kanye documentary on Netflix. Uh, Episode one was released Mm. and he had a mate who filmed him his whole journey. So they've got old like home cam footage of him in the the late nineties, early two thousands and his journey from Chicago to the big massive star that he is today leaking text messages with Kanye. Mm. So that's around the socials. I can't <laughs> wait to not watch that Netflix doctor. What just happened, no, what just happened then? No, that, that's not what I, I shouldn't have. I'm not a fan of Kanye West, but I'm especially not a fan of leaking text messages and carrying on like a pork chop like he is. Is he like completely out of order? Does everyone think oh, he's... I think that sort of happened to where Kanye's at now. I think a lot of water's gone under the bridge. Things have happened and maybe he's a few cents short of a dollar. Mm. so to speak. But this goes back to when he first was starting out. It has some really good footage of him with his mum as well, and it actually was really cool. So okay. that's my do yourself favour. But Kanye West now? You're doing your... <laughs> You're doing your... Oh, that, I won't come in anymore, boys. I, look, I've got one thing and I get to press buttons. And if I can't do that... I did that yeah, on my phone. Yeah, yeah, but you can do it, but I can do it too now. <laughs> Sorry. Lol. Sorry, listening. Lol. Sorry, listening. Did you say lol, Nick? Lol. Did you say lol? I didn't say lol. Yes, you did. You go back on it. You did say lol. Whoa. I didn't say. Um, what I did you say? Whoa. I think I said whoa. Whoa. I think or you said whoa. I, I, there was. No, I did you acronize a word? Absolutely not. Oh, Nick. Okay. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> it's not a word. Acronize. <laughs> not not a word. You make an acronym out. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Matt, by the way, who texts in, does say he has a shirt hat. He's chucked about it as well. Oh, he got. Nice. He got one too. Yeah. The post work for him. Unlike Kurt. Kurt has got one yet. 
Anyway. He's the Lord, but that's okay. Mm. But he's, it's on its way. Yeah, I'm with you, though. Kanye's... Uh, yeah. It's an implosion before our very eyes, I'm sure. Because I think he was also posting photos, like, saying, oh, I want to get back together. Let's do it for our kids. So, yeah. One one as well uh, on our text line. If someone could let me know on 0457 736 736, what happened to Man in the Arena on... Don't you know? KO. I don't know. It disappeared. It only it only aired each episode only aired from Tuesday to Friday. So it's not like the last dance that just sits on Netflix. Yeah, but I went on there And I, then it came back for Super Bowl and now it's gone again. I, yeah. So it's gone again. So it's not you can't watch it anywhere now. Hello? Nick? Yeah, still no, I was reading something. <laughs> okay. Is sorry. this real? Is this or is this text message real? Or is this someone saying that my parcel is on its way and it's not a actual parcel? I'm sick of those text messages. <laughs> no, yeah, not to them. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that, don't, oh, well, don't click on that. No. Don't click on that. Otherwise, you will have more problems than a, yeah. yeah. Um, what Barry Hall was talking about? Yeah, <laughs> that, exactly. that, that sort of stuff comes up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd love to know how I can watch the record. Because I got half an hour into the first episode, and now I can't watch it. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. It's that was the point. That's the, oh, that was the point. Tuesday to Friday, and then it was gone. But so you had to you, watch it. Why would you put all that into production and then like take it away? Well, we're getting the it's got to be see it somewhere. We'll get to this text message later. Is this real? That's a, that's a long text message. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. There's a lot of, a lot of postage there. Here comes the news. And, and the then, Lord. Well, Lenny Lawler first up to talk lawns, mm. and then Lord... So Tristiano Melahino a bit later on. And, uh, yeah, we've got more on the way on the Mowers Club. Thanks to Tora Mowers. 100 years of motiva- uh, innovation, motivation, all of those things. All of those things. Right after this. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, welcome back to the show. Third hour. Thanks to Toro Mowers, 100 years of innovation, and later on we've got Tristan. And topsport.com.au, <laughs> home of the <laughs> best. For two hours I've been sitting here waiting to say, home of the best Maltese. You are like Augusta Scump in Willy Wonka, just itching to be able to get into that chocolate. Yes. Being able to, sitting here for two hours, not even being able to say topsport.com.au. I know. Because of anyway. regulations. Yes. Don't want to enact a... In the third hour, I can go my hardest. Yeah. Well, last week... It was week... very good to be at topspot.com.au headquarters last week and... Uh, can I say, Ken Callender, last week when you turned the last half hour into like an odds <laughs> extravaganza, yeah. we're going to just and, strip and it and back our, a little. And our tips won and yours didn't. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. We're just going to strip it back a little this week. Maybe just 15 minutes. Yeah, but the Lord was in studio. Yeah. Well, I want to get more from the Lord. I just don't want him to be a data analyst for us and give us facts and figures the whole time. I want more. That's what he does. I actually want his thoughts. The Lord Can we go down the path with him about Paul Kent's article today? Yeah. He just went to town on corporate bookmakers in the Telegraph saying that they they do everything by an algorithm and if you get good at, at, at punting, you get banned and all of that. And From what I saw at topspot.com today, headquarters. <laughs> what? No, <Nah, I'm> just... <laughs> nah, good. Dropping nah. in a couple of cases for him, I did. Case of what? Beer. Beer? Didn't take a hat or a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, it's all bad. Main he's, sponsor. He's like... Isn't his logo actually on the shirt? Okay, it's not. <laughs> Excellent. So we've doubled down on that. He can print his own one on there. Do we not want him to help our show, do we? That's Are we going the right way about it? No. 
Uh, we'll get him on later on, Tristan. Uncle Dickie had control of the kids up there. I sent him wild. <laughs> Tristan's kids. Wow. It wasn't hard. Well, that's his fault. I'm yearnaring yeah nar- yeah Tristan for giving you responsibility. <laughs> that's stupid. That's true. It's just not silly. This that's stupid. What did you let him Robin do? You want Maccas? Yeah, I'll just go to KFC for morning tea. <laughs> oh, well, oh, we'll... Let's go to Pizza Hut. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Dickie said it's fine. Three-day sugar hangover for totally. those kids. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Lenny Lawler is going to join us now, though. Uh, our regular segment in pertaining to an absolute lawn. We've got a really good text on the text line as well that we'll get to with Lenny at the moment. He's the head honcho at Australian Lawn Fanatics. Uh, Lenny, good morning. Where do we find you this morning on this fine Saturday? Oh, boys! I'm in the uh, sunroom at the house in uh, Brisbane Land, looking out the window at uh, lovely blue skies. Excellent. You can hear the grass growing up there at this stage of the Andrew year as Bensley well. Andrew Bensley said that too on the uh, on the, the whatever the show is Saturday morning stable. Yeah, yeah, the stable. Yep, the the racing show that Sydney, we're going to be on Sydney racing Sydney stable. Racing stable. Um, We've we're invited be on, ourselves on next week. Well, yeah. he invited us on. I heard him. Yep. And Chris Nelson was on. Everyone in Brisbane and the Lord when we speak to him at the Gold Coast. I just love to tell you what if it's a sunny day that it's a sunny day. We get mm. it. It's sunny in Brisbane. It's humid. It's very humid. Outside, oh, that's good though. for growing. Let's say that, Lenny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. What is happening up there in Brisbane? Like, how do you maintain lawns up in Brisbane, given the fact that you probably cut them and then by the time you put the mower away and by the time get everything you're coming back up, for the double cut, it's already it's like, grown. It's grown again. What's happening up there, boys? Primo for life. Primo. Get onto some growth regulator. Yeah, growth regulator. Yeah. Product called is yeah. You use you use that instead of hair gel one time. took that for hair gel one time. God damn it, growth regulator. <laughs> yeah, get some PGR, mate. Plant growth regulator. Right. Yeah. I didn't know like such you a thing. No, well, I get that because everyone's like, yeah. oh, I want, I want everything to grow, but you're like, hey, I need this to just chill out. Mm. Yeah, that's right. If you, well, say if you mow your lawn and say, for instance, you get four catches worth. Yeah. If you pre-mow your lawn or plant growth regulate your lawn, you might be able to mow your lawn and get half a catcher. Like it really slows down the leaf growth. Okay, but when do you switch then? Because you don't want to keep putting it on as the gr- grass starts to cool down, the soil starts to cool down around like here in Sydney, April. It's, it's, warm, it's warm season stuff only. Yeah, so gotcha. um, End of February, not kind of like... Well, uh, it depends. Up here, we'd go. We'd probably do a last last application late for two March, weeks when it gets cold. There, yeah, we get it, mate. We get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I've never usually heard of that. up in, in Brisbane. Yeah, in Brisbane, the the, the months that have an R in it, it's the same as mud crab season. It's off you go. Yeah, makes sense. And Nick's, yeah. you've, you've hurt <laughs> Nick's brain there. <laughs> May doesn't have an R in it, Nick. Oh, neither no. does June. Neither does May, July. June, July. And August, don't don't use Primo then, and no no good for mud crabs then either. There you go, Nick. You're yeah. catching up here. Wow, look at, it's interesting to look at a man, Lenny, <laughs> confused, and man. actually see him think. It's amazing. You can hear the gears turning. <laughs> yeah, can. Um, yeah, another question from my perspective, Lenny. I, I walked past the other day, neighbour's lawn, and they get someone in to do their lawns, and it's you know yep. this guy off the like a Ute made in 1974. The lawnmower's probably done 10 years before there. That's and the whippersnipper is very, very old as they're well. They're all Toros. So they're... Yeah, they're all Toros. But they're, 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 I mean, Toros last a lifetime, basically. But the whippersnipper is that old as opposed to the one that I've got, which is not that old, but my one yep. can't do what that one can do. Is there like kind of like premium range? It's you, mate. Long, shush. 
long-use whippersnippers that are just like antiques that never stop giving. Yeah, yeah generally the, the contractors pay, you know, double or triple what you would pay for a, for a snipper or a mower because the, the internal guts of it and the engine is just so much better. They're designed to do 10 lawns a day for the next 15 years sort of thing. So, yeah, the, he's probably paid a monster for that. 10 years ago and it's still going and that's and that's why it's still going is because he paid a good dollar for it but like this this edge that he's done it looks like something you'd yeah. find you know what he does at do? and i think lenny told her is you got to soak your whippersnipper cord yes yeah yeah but he also does 10 lawns a day so he's good at every it. day and so he's really good at it mm. and it's user it's got nothing to do with the whippersnipper <laughs> years of experience yeah <laughs> well it's yeah hey that's the only way to do give it. you a paintbrush and who knows what you're gonna paint mate give him Get better at something. You got to practice. That's you got to practice. We it. have got some text though. Yeah, I've got a text here, Lenny. So yep. we've got a man from uh, from Canada, Blake. He has texted in. Boys love the show. I'm looking to start a Saturday morning mowers club Canada chapter. Currently digging up my whole backyard, which is an old riverbed sand in a valley. Hit me up with some tips, please, on growing great grass in cooler climates. That's from Blake. Lenny, have you got anything for Blake? Oh, crikey. Well, he wants to look at, uh, yeah, just do his, do his preparation to start with. So if it's an old riverbed, he wants to make sure that it's not real big lumps of, you know, rock and stuff like that. That if it's all a sort of a nice small grain, small to medium grain of sand, then he can just go for it and just, just rye grass a lot. Rye grass. Rye grass. Get in some rye grass. So in terms of like making sure it withstands the cold, because I can imagine in Canada, um, their winter's, uh, well, I'm surprised it's not frozen at the moment. I've well, been to Canada and bloody hell, it's cold there. <laughs> it's impossible to grow grass in, in freezing weather. You can do curling on your grass. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, yeah, there are cool season grasses like, you know, rice and fescues, Kentucky bluegrass, that sort of stuff. But uh, you, you, you need some soil temperature to for them to germinate, for the seeds to germinate. They won't germinate in sub-zero temperatures, so... Um, yeah, yeah, they some, get some undergrass heating going. Days, get some but... undergrass heating going over there, like what? you can have in your bathroom. Yeah, I think generally those guys um, they seed their lawn for the for the next season before winter. So as the soil starts to heat up, the the grass starts growing straight away. They have all those um, under soil heatings in um, football grounds throughout Europe. Mm. Amazing, they do. Expensive, I'd yeah. imagine, Lenny. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I did a tour a couple of years ago of. Um, the what was Bank West Stadium? No, I don't know what's called now, but mm. um, they got a pipe work under the under the ground there that um, blows air through the soil every day, um, and they can they can add a section that will blow hot air through to, to heat it. But they don't need to because the, the ground doesn't freeze, so they don't really do that. But they, yeah, they got pipe work under the ground there that aerates every day, basically. Beautiful. Another one here, Lenny from Kurt. Uh... What we got here? Boys, I need to clean my spark plug. What can I use to take it out? What's the best thing to take is a that, spark plug? Is that plug a gardening out? question? No, it's out of it'll be out of the lawnmower. <laughs> okay. Well spark plug socket. That's what I would hold it. I'm not I'm in, the, in the toolbox, you know, you got those there's there's two or three weird looking long sockets. One of those will fit your spark plug. Yeah. Take the lead off the end first. Yeah. <laughs> See, Lenny, that's why we have you on the show. I would have just gone with the barbecue tongs. Blind myself up. <laughs> <laughs> Knife in the toaster. Yeah, that guy. It's not coming out. 
Uh, Lenny, what's on uh, what's on the menu for the rest of the day, weekend, in terms of uh, your gardening efforts, or you, you pretty much got feet up and you're all good? Well, I bought the um, I bought the old zero turn back from the farm to give it a service and change the blade, so I'll be doing a bit of mucking around with that. Um, and mow my lawn for about the fourth time this week, and that's about it. What a life. That'll do me for today. What a life. That's, that's a dream. Uh, Taking in any sport? Uh, I watched the Reds tonight. Yeah, yep. my beloved Reds. See how they go. Um, hopefully they'll they'll do all right. The, the rest of the competition is starting to catch up with them, but with you know in Brad Thorne we trust. So you hopefully know. he he survives. He's he's listed on the bench for the uh, the vintage Reds tonight to play in the in the uh, fundraising game for the for the Tongan boys. So uh, hopefully Brad makes it through unscathed and he can lead the Reds around. So yeah, and maybe they can put a couple of them in their main side. Be a good idea. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, I don't you know. can swear if you want, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't. Uh, the Reds are our, the Reds are our Australian team, aren't they? They're the oh, they're all right. Yeah. yeah. Tell you one thing though, Suncorp Stadium. If you wanted to do a you know a dissertation or a PhD in lawn care, you could investigate yeah. Yeah. the ups and downs of Suncorp Stadium and the trouble that they've yeah. had up there, Lenny. It's yeah, a, it's a hard place to manage. He's a magician. Yeah, it is. Mal Caddies is the guy who runs that place. He's a bloody legend and turf. It's it's amazing the amount of traffic that place was designed for compared to how much it actually gets. Like it's it's amazing that he's actually got anything green there at all any time. So fair enough. Yeah, and and uh, one one last question before we go, uh, boys. A question: uh, Is sudden impact for lawns any good? I have uh, KYK grass. Uh, do you what do you do to recommend for a Sydney cider for that particular type of grass? Yeah, that's uh, like a would be a fast release fertilizer, so that'll green up pretty quickly. Um, if you've got you know family or a barbecue or whatever, and you want to your green your, your grass to be super green before all your, all your mates show up, then you throw that sort of stuff down a couple of days beforehand. Um, if you want the other other style of fertilizer, would be a slow release or controlled release fertilizer, which will last you know two, three, four months. So there's this, there's a couple of different styles of fertilizer. Good stuff. Lenny Lawler, really appreciate your time, as always, uh, from Australian Lawn Fanatics. Have a good weekend, mate. No worries, boys. Thanks anytime. Lenny Lawler joining us. It, it is true what he says, because if you have people come around and they walk through a yard, which is like one of those hoarders in Bondi with all the mm. rubbish out the front, yeah, they like go, that. oh, it just sets the tone. It sets the tone for the day. But if they walk in and it's Edges are crisp, done, lawns that are... Uniform height, Light. no leaves strewn all over the place. Dog turd. What age? <laughs> what age does that start happening? Uh, good Adam. question. Thank you. Uh, great what do you mean age? Yes, that's the first. Yes, that's the first what, great what question. Age? I haven't had a great question though. Well, well Lord, I mean, you I'll, haven't I'll been asking any great questions. <laughs> <laughs> I told Ollie I'd bash him. Yeah. Was that a question? That was a statement. But what age does it? Should oh. I start doing that? Should I start? You know, really. I've got a theory. I've got a theory. Okay. So it's when you start getting really into your home life is probably around the time that you start having kids or other people start having oh. kids. And then there's a judgment <laughs> on how well you're handling your life. Yes. So okay. if your you lawn's intact. Bit, if your lawn's intact, there's not laundry all over the joint when you walk in, the toilet's cleaned, all of that. Hey, you've got the little air fresheners, maybe a little scent thing happening in the cake. bathroom and cake, toilet cake. Is that what you're oh, I don't know about it. It can be before that. You can be a single person that owns a, a be house. house proud, but It'll it be house really proud. kicks in 
the judgment of, you know what, they're um they're a bit fraying at the edges here because they're not just quite handling everything that they not maybe should. There's judgment that's passed out. It's unfair. It's totally unfair. <laughs> but I, I think it's then. Nick, yeah. have you got a yeah, different view? Yeah, I don't know. I think that each their own. You can be said single person, male, female, have it your own home. And want to present a, a nice lawn. Pot plant on the balcony. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I've got it's a friend. Mm. <laughs> I've okay. got a friend who lives with yeah, right. um, four of his other friends. Mm. And, you know, some of those friends don't really care too much about the lawn. Yeah, hey, look, this is a yeah. share house. That's, that's another share house. But that's hard. If you're a lawn man and you live in a share house and everyone else just but uses the lawn and then has no upkeep of it. Mm. Well, that's when someone's got to take the initiative and be a leader. Yeah. And you can then, I guarantee you, if you start showing leadership in this regard, mm. that others will follow. And others who don't follow, well, they're going to have a long life. And then further question is... Long, one, not in a good way. It's going one to be of the people who live in the house is actually a landscaper by trade. Yeah, he, you can't ask him to do it then. No. Oh, really? No. I'm, no. I'm not saying it's me or it's my mate, Dom, but, <laughs> I mean, should, should it's Dom. his profession. Now, if, no. if somebody asks me, can you press a few buttons? Can you upload a few podcasts? I'll, I'll happily do that. No, you won't. What about? No, I won't. <laughs> what about if it's, it was a doctor? Oh, I'm. I'm feeling a bit. Can you rank. write me a few? Yeah, can oh, you no. write me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Uh, yes. <laughs> physio. Have some napkin, yeah, please. You expect free treatment and everything. I, I can oh, under, yeah. understand Dom's point of view here. If I come yeah. around to your house, your alleged friend, <laughs> Nathan and yes, or Adam, and go, oh, let's go and kick the footy. I'd be spewing at you. <laughs> well, I was going to ask Nick. Uh, my footy season is about to kick off, and I do just need to get a little bit extra purchase on my kicks. There you go. Would that be something? You gotta help him. <laughs> See, there you, you go. gotta help him. Said professional. Are you gonna you help him? Get your mate around. It's an accountant. And go. Oh, imagine if. Time. Imagine if. Don't come around for a barbie. <laughs> then invoice. By the way, have a look at this. <laughs> yeah. Well. Imagine if Dom then did the lawns and then invoiced everyone. <laughs> well, I I told you about the guy we got off air Tasker who came into our place. Yes. <laughs> Bloody that kid was mad, and and that TV's ended up. We get the music. <laughs> Yeah, keep going. Well, that TV ended up breaking, and we had to think, oh, where? how did this TV break? And then we remember back to this guy who came over, this little kid, 16, 17 years old, came over to do our lawn, did a rubbish job, and then as he was walking out, oh, boys, you can pay me cash next time. <laughs> Freaks over. The whippersnipper goes straight into the TV, and, and we never see him again. And now more pressure goes on Dom to yeah, do exactly the exactly right, Dom. Look what we've tried to if do here. If you had just done the lawns, if you had just done the lawns, this wouldn't have been. But let's have another one. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. What do you leverage off your mates? Yes. What do you leverage off your mates? If your mate is something, and you can use that to get you know their services for free. We're going on a uh, golf trip next week yes. down to Tassie. Okay. Twelve of us. Yes. One of the guys just got a new job. Yes. He's the Australian rep for Fireball. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That. Contra. The Contra economy. Adam, Adam, you're getting carried away here. The Sorry, I love with, it so much. The thing with sound effects is you don't use them all the time because it takes away from it. No, I'll be over it. I'm not around That's next week. So I'll get two weeks I don't think I'm going to be here either, Nick. That's okay. 
So you'll be um you'll be able to play a few sound effects next <laughs> week, Nick. Maybe he's better than. Get ready to hear Anthony Hudson talking about a game of football in 2005 a lot. Uh, back in the- Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back. Bit of talk uh, in the last 48 hours regarding the compensation practices for teams in rugby league, for instance, that produce a lot of players, and obviously uh, they produce too many players. Their ground, their grass, or their soil is too fertile, <laughs> Nick Davidson. I'm speaking about the Penrith Panthers, uh, Panther CEO Brian Fletcher, saying there has to be protection or compensation for us. It's just a waste of time developing them for us, and uh, because others can just sit there and pluck them out. Well, waste of time is a bit strong because they've ended up with a very good first-grade side that won a premiership last year on the basis of their development, but they are producing too much for their own needs, and other clubs are coming in and mm-hmm. picking them off. Mm-hmm. I gave a couple of examples yesterday on the run home from a football side of things that yes. you can get compensation for. Yes. What about AFL and the way that they've got it? Is there something that rugby league can learn from other sports in trying to manage this situation or too bad, this is the way it is and it'll always be that way? No, I, I think football, soccer, have uh, is the most – well, they do it better than – well, the AFL in regards to – it's really only come across now with academies and Swans Academies mm-hmm. where I'm involved um, – the, the players that are in our academy that we have uh, first rights to. So mm-hmm. if North Melbourne want to bid on one of our players or draft one of our players, we have the right to match that bid and it costs you points, et cetera, et cetera, in the back end of the draft, which is another whole three-hour show to go through. <laughs> but I think football in, in transfers and – um, how the NRL can do it, whether as a under you know, 16, 17, the Panthers, you can you can list 10 players mm. maybe that if one of those 10 go and play for um, another team, there's a, 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 a compensation there. It's, it's going to be really hard because there's no draft. Yeah. So, But I still think there's ways of doing it. It's sort of have a cake and eat it too sort of business here where – you can, if you want that freedom of movement as as players to get people in, as sorry as clubs to get people in, well, there's the freedom of movement for them to go out too. So you can't you can't have the best of both worlds. I just think there should be some kind of compensation. Yeah, well, I think out. there is too, but I don't know how you come. Who pays the compensation? The club who buys player. You have a compensation fund. Yeah. On the side, and then, but as long as that money goes, and that's the hard okay. thing. As so, long as that money so goes, so you are the seventh best mm-hmm. Penrith Junior. Okay, Penrith only have room for six, mm-hmm. but the West Tigers don't want to pay the fifty thousand for you to pay for them. Where do you play? Well, West Tigers are stupid because they need the player, but they don't want to pay it. They can go, well, yeah. I can get someone else. But if you switch the mindset to, okay, here's a fund that you should tap into, you go. Like, How does it work in football? In player transfers and. Player transfers? Mm. Well, when, okay, there's, there's a transfer market. So there's, a, mm-hmm. there's a, a market value of players. If they're out of contract and they're a young player, they've come through. The 
the team that they've come from gets a training compensation. It's a set fee at the moment. It's only $10,000 in Australia. They're looking to lift that. Yep. And that gets prorated all the way down for where the kid's been from age 12 to 18, for instance. But when a kid, say, gets sold overseas, say if he gets sold for 1 million pounds or 1 million euro, mm-hmm. in that contract, they're pretty idiotic if they're, they're not. They say if that kid plays 50 games or 100 or gets sold yeah, to a you, bigger you, place, yeah, you get... A, you get some yep. of the money and filtering it, back your way. And it way. goes up. There's, there's a if compensation mechanism. If you play 50 me- games, you get $100,000. Oh, every level, there's a compensation yep. mechanism to protect the club that's helped develop the yep. kid. It, it doesn't probably weigh – it doesn't kind of uh, cover all the expenses put into the kid in developing mm-hmm. the kid, but it's still – it's something. It's yep. better than nothing, which at the moment Penrith are getting. Yeah, well, my – Just a good reputation. No, a good reputation. But, but my idea would be – for these kids, and I think they would be if you're a Penrith Junior, and or Cronulla Junior, or Rooster Junior, or whatever Junior you are, that if you play a certain amount of years in the Harold Maths SG Ball system, and then you go onto the senior NRL list, twenty mm. percent of your salary is not in the salary cap at the moment. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. What is it at the moment? There's no well, idea it's a hundred. Yeah. So Adam Peacock is a Penrith junior. You go on and you sign a three hundred thousand dollar contract. Twenty percent of that comes off the salary cap mm. to then give to to. It's a tricky to one to give the clubs incentive to have more local juniors. Yeah. And then if they the Dolphins, they get some local juniors or Brisbane. They're like, well, we could take this kid from Penrith, but if we take one of our own, then we save 20% and we can spend it somewhere else. The, the big thing in all of this is that I haven't noticed too much of is that everyone goes, oh, well, that would suit Penrith so much because they've got a, such a big backyard. So many clubs around the country have big an opportunity to tap into their big – look at Newcastle. Yep. Look at the size of their backyard that they could tap into and have something that Penrith have. But they've neglected that area in some respects, and they haven't been able yeah, to get out of there. because there's been no reward for developing your own. Roosters yeah. have started to really up their game in that space. There, there is reward if you do it the right way. It's the uh, kid is settled, is. and you can come you come through totally. a bit of community pride as well, come through it. And Penrith have done it without getting financial rewards. No, they've built it themselves. They've built it themselves, and they're getting the rewards by what they've got now. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, and I, there is going to be... All these little analogy of the water, and there is going to be overflow. And you know, uh, for every two that go, there's going to be more that stay. You play the long game, and you get rewarded, and you do the long game right. But it seems a lot of people, especially in sport these days, want to do it quick fix, quick fix, short game doesn't work. Uh, We're off to a quick break. Lord Trisiano Melahino from topsport.com.au. Correct. Yes, welcome back. Uh, last half hour, let's bring in Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au right now. Uh, Tristan, good morning. G'day, Adam. G'day, Nick. How's things going? Good, good. Top Sport, home of the best multis. Of course, download the Top Sport app today. Gamble responsibly. First things first, uh, Tristan, has uh, have your children recovered after being uh, babysat by Nick Davis last week? And have you recovered after being in the vicinity of Nick Davis last week on the Gold Coast? Yeah, I think probably by Wednesday or Thursday it was starting to come good. So it was uh, the, the kids are still uh, the kids are still wanting to know when Uncle Dickie's coming back. So they they had a great time and they're still I think they're just getting off that sugar high when he uh, when he gave them all the jelly beans in the car on the on the way to SeaWorld. <laughs> oh dear, hey, how'd you go out of the Super Bowl? Um... <laughs> 
What? Next question, please. Next question, please. <laughs> Was it a bath? Next question, please. Yes. The uh, the punters are all over the Rams for the majority of the season, taking 15, 11, 10, 9, and then some very, very smart punters of that same ilk that were on the Rams decided that they might put themselves in a position taking Bengals plus four and a half so they could win both ways. And we Ooh. know the scoreline fell on three. So it was uh, yeah, very, very sad, uh, sick and sorry office here on Monday morning. But it was still a good game. And, uh, you know, punters were too good. Beat us on our merits there. So uh, move forward. And we'll, um, we've got to mark it up already for next year. So it's, uh, it, it's amazing how quickly these markets come out when the season finishes. And Kansas City are now the 7.50 favourites. Buffalo, $8. The Rams go back-to-back a 13 Bengals 15, just scrolling, 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 trying to find the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders who are $41 to win the Super Bowl. And a good chance, too. <laughs> good chance. Just in front of my Detroit Lions yeah. as well, 100 to 1 there. That's true. Uh, have you got, are you sorted over there? Have yeah, you got it? Have yeah, you got we're it? ready for it. Here we go. Now, on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club, it's time for Nick's Stupid Multi. What are you, stupid? What's the matter with you? Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Are you crazy or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid as a stupid does, sir. Well, the Lord and I in our... uh... In our conversations last weekend, and there, were, there, were, there was a multitude of subjects that we covered, but we did cover the fact that a lot of our racing tips that the Lord and I put in win and yours don't, Adam. So we're, probably the biggest fact of the stupid multi is that Tristan and I don't multi up our racing tips. But anyway, we digress. In honour of the, uh, the Super Rugby uh, Pacific um, taking off uh, this week, um, well ahead of the A-League, my multi is going to be the Chiefs, my team. For those that didn't guess, too late, bad luck. And sitting here in my Chiefs jersey, uh, the Chiefs to beat the Highlanders, $1.53. I'll take the Crusaders to beat, this is, I'm going real short this week, the Crusaders to beat the Hurricanes at $1.35. A couple of nods here from Gibbo because yeah. he's all over it. Yeah. The Reds will be too good uh, for the Rebels, and the Brumbies are going to be too good for the Force. Okay. So they're, they're your super rugby. And just for a little bit of meat on the bone, I'm going to throw the Sydney Kings in at $1.75 against the Perth Wildcats. What does that get me, Lord? That gets you 507 about yes. that. So we've got the Chiefs, the Crusaders, the Reds and the Brumbies all in the Super Rugby, and then the Kings to boost the value up to 507. So like we'll put that, that on. We've got 2225 yes. in the kitty at the moment as well. So starting to get a bit of momentum there. That's, uh, that's a lot of work oh. for a $5. Not really. <laughs> That's a lot of lot of no. things can happen in five sporting no. contests. So you don't follow the Super Rugby as keenly as what I do because you don't have a Chiefs jersey. The Chiefs are very good. The Crusaders always win. Yeah. The Reds. It's pretty hard to follow it saying it's the first round. No, always. History. There's history in rugby. History. That's where the game just lives in the history. All of Nick's legs are undefeated this year as well. <laughs> <laughs> They're going in form. Now, um, get your red pens out, punters. A, a memo the to second, the Chris Wallace stable. Can you go and check on? <laughs> can you go and check uh, on this horse? The collective breath. <laughs> Espiona last week. <laughs> the second coming of Winks. Good, good grief! Because the the other two legs, am I not wrong here, Tristan? Mm. Cooper Cup, uh, they were fine, and then this thing gets, but and it's going to win. It's going to win, and this other Waller thing comes 
from nowhere and tips it out. The other Waller runner syndrome strikes again. Yeah, all the Espiona owners, they were very, very upset. They just said, geez, we wish the Super Bowl was played on Friday night and then uh, then if Cup might might have broken down like Beckham and Espiona may have got the result with the uh, the weight uh, of the multi off, off, off its shoulders, I think. So, so what I've done here, smartly, Chris Waller's got about 13 horses in this race, the Parramatta Cup. You know, it's a dollar each way on everyone. I've, I've gone the rank outsider of the lot of them. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Shiraz, number six. Actually, Shiraz. we did get a little sneaky tip from someone from Rose Hill. On the text mm-hmm. line yesterday on the run home with uh, myself and Brian Fletcher. So Shiraz number six, ridden by Joshua Parr. It's first up, ran first up, I think it was on Derby Day last week or could have been Cup Day, mm. ran nothing. So it wasn't right. Wallers turned it out, brought it back. First up, what odds have we got? We got it at $41, so I like that. <laughs> and I also... Also know that the tracks are pretty heavy there, and it's, they're going to be trying to get to the uh, the you know the middle ground or the better ground out a bit wide. So drawn awkward barrier seven, I think might put itself in a good pot, a good position as well. So I don't mind that tip actually. Josh Parr, Chris Waller combination, forty one dollars. Uh, we might put it on best of the best if we can get a bit of value on the totes late too. Fifty each way we'll go on that one. Seeing it is forty one dollars, I want something. That's to fair enough. Produced to the kitty. That's fair enough. Well, a lot of your horses are running backing... today, and you've gone really, really, well, really. I, did, well, I love Animo, and it wins. <laughs> Richie, well done, Richie. I guess you're in a Chiefs jersey, Richie. Can you teach <laughs> <laughs> well done, Richie. That was an earlier question. Well done, uh, Richie. Big Dave Racing, of course. The Lightning. Tristan, uh, the Lightning down in Melbourne, the Hobartville Animo going around. Uh, what stands out for you from the the Carter Racing around the country today? Yeah, I'm excited for the the Lightning. Web. Nature Strip's been very, very well back this morning, 270 into 245. Eduardo, 460 to 440. But it's such a interesting race, this one, with so many horses early in their preps getting ready for some feature races late. So you just sort of wonder whether some of the other horses, obviously we know Nature Strip, Eduardo, the two, you know, great horses in this race. But a horse like Mask Crusader at 850, Gitra at $9. The one I like down the bottom of the, the weights is Profiteer as well. So... Nineteen dollars. I just get the feeling there might be an upset in uh, in this race, but it's going to be a, fan, a fascinating race for later in the carnival. As we always say with these big feature races, check at that twenty to twenty-five minute mark. See what the big weight of money comes for then, because I think that one will go a long way to seeing, particularly with the way this track could be playing. Uh, just monitor how that how everything's uh, playing out in that twenty to twenty-five minute mark, and then. Trent's uh, come through with a tip. Another one up in uh, in Queensland. So race five, number two, slow hands. It's been pretty consistent the last couple of runs, running a couple of fourths, but I just think it might step up here. 8.50 into 5.50. I think it's worth an each-way play. That's race five, number two, slow hands with James Orman on board. I like that. I like that. Anything else? So you, is it, you, you did speak about, um, about Fle- uh, Flemington. The CSA stakes, the, the three-year-olds, uh, we'll go through that race first. Um, some of them on the Guineas path, and then the ones that are that too slow, they, they're all set for derbies. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's a very good summation. So uh, we've got number seven, Pinstripe, uh, unbeaten so far. 328 to 420. Been a bit easy in the market. The market's found the one captive aunt, 550 to 5, a little push. Lightsaber, though, has been very, very well back. 750 into 550. And Pasquero down the bottom, number 11, 750 into 550 as well. But one at good good odds, as, as you say, it's a bit of uncertainty about these horses at the moment. Number 10, Lena's Legend, 19 into 10, has been very, very well specced at each way odds. So it looks an absolute beauty. I, I, this is one of the, my favourite race days of the autumn, just every horse getting ready, the big guns starting to come out. And, um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be some good races in both Sydney and Melbourne.
Yeah, the vanity is probably the other addition of that. Uh, Barb Raider is a horse I'm interested in. Was favourite for an Oaks there for a while. Pulled the pin on that campaign. Tried really well at Cranbourne. It did. It did. And the money's found it there. It has been uh, number eight fine points scratched. So a lot of these horses are firmed in the early part of the market on the back of that. But still was $6 into three ninety. So still been a bit of weight of money. Ancient Girls, $8. It's it seen some support as well. Um, and the other horse that's in the market, which is the favourite, is Socialist. So it's had three runs this prep. Jamie Carr on board. So it just depend if Barb Raider, as you say, good trial, is, is ready to go first up. And Sydney, the Hobartville Stakes, Adam's Horse, Animo, uh, pretty short in the market. Yeah, it is pretty short in the market. Just trying to grab that there now. Hobartville, yeah, Animo is a dollar seventy-five, and then when it was left out of the special multi, there it's just ducked into a dollar seventy. <laughs> a few punters jumped on, converged seven dollars into five fifty, and Ranch Hand fifteen into ten. It's been supported. The Waller Camp seemed reasonably confident. They're second up, ran a decent race first up, so fifteen into ten to cause an upset from Animo, obviously, you know, had the uh, the red alarm, had the red alarm bell on it last run, so it'll be interesting to see if it can bounce back into form second up. Can't bet on the NRL trials, which is probably a good thing. Uh, anything else from sport uh, jumps out this weekend, Tristan, from your point yeah, of view? Yeah, can't bet on the... the tr- can't bet on the trials. We can only do the Charity uh, Shield and the Foundation Cup when they come around a bit later in the year. But we just released our season wins markets for the mm. season ahead, which always gets a lot of action. So I know you're probably interested in Manly, Adam. 15 and a half is the line there. Both sides $1.90. Um, Penrith, uh, back-to-back, pre- uh, going for back-to-back premierships, 17 and a half, dollar ninety. pick them. The one that I think is a little bit of value is the Tigers. I just think the market's got them... Very, very short for Wooden Spoon. I don't see them making the eight, but the line's only seven and a half, and it's $2 about the overs. I don't think they're going to have the greatest season, but I think eight wins or more is a very, very likely proposition, and it's even money about that. Tristan, really appreciate your time this morning as well. Um, good luck to the Chris Waller stable today, um, <laughs> especially in the Parramatta the Cup. favourite will win oh, by so far. Wins by... 13 lengths, probably. Secretariat type stuff. But, uh, yeah, Tristan, have a good day, mate. Thanks again for your time. Thanks for that, guys. Speak to you next week. Yep. Uh, Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au. Home of the best multis. Check them out online. And, uh, yeah, Nick Davis's multi. All rugby union this week. So we'll and the see. Kings. Hey, Gibbo, are you happy with what he's come up with there? Yeah. I mean, the Crusaders game will be tight one. They've got the um. They've got this new recruit, Pablo Matera, who was the captain for Argentina. Yeah, I'm really interested. He's come out to, to play here, he goes, is he? Yeah, I mean that that's going to be pretty good for his career because obviously Argentina had their side in the Super Rugby a couple of years ago. Yep. A lot of their mm. players went over to France. Good tip there. It's going to be interesting, but you've got all the favourites. So. Yeah, favourites usually win in week one. Yep. I think if you look at, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Kings. What about the Kings, Nick? What do you know about them? Uh, they play basketball at Homebush, and uh, no, I think I think they've won three or four straight. Have they? Yeah, yeah that's good. All over it. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Surf still going. <laughs> Give oh, no. Give So the um, golf's still on at the moment. Yeah. Um, Justin Thomas made a bit of a run. He's up to 10 under, six behind the leader, Neiman. And uh, Adam Scott at nine under. And the surfing's going on over at sunset still. Looks like yeah. a nice day over there. Swell there. How good North does it Shore, look? Hawaii. 
Swell supposed to be building. We're into the men's semi-finals. Uh, Jack Robinson, he's Aussie Western Australian guy. Uh, he's gone down in the quarters. Our last chance is Ethan Ewing, who's from North Stradbroke Island. He's Patrick. A, a lot of comparisons to Andy Irons in his style. Mm-hmm. He's it's going to be tough for him from here, but eight minutes to go against Kanoa Igarashi from Japan. Come on, Ethan. He needs an 8.21 with less than 10 minutes to go to overtake the Japanese opponent. So He can definitely do it. The swell's starting to build. We've got the women's semi-final What's on wrong as with well. that wave? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting here on our Bart couches. <laughs> on a, yeah, sitting here. Like, why that you, wave? Why'd you let that go? What are you doing? One you knock back, so one you never get. Take that one. Who's got? Who's got? Uh, Has that been your theory the, throughout your yeah, life, absolutely. Nick? Yeah. Who's got priority here? <laughs> oh, I know that. Yes. What do you got on the afternoon, uh, Nicholas? Not as much as you, my friend. I already paid mm. it forward yesterday. Yeah. So I've got a few friends coming over later. Yeah. But I'm going to get ahead of the game and go for a run beforehand. Yeah, you got to pay it forward. Yeah, because I don't think I'll be running tomorrow morning. No. <laughs> Some people love that, though. They get up the day after a bit of a session and mm. go for a run. No chance. I like to pay it forward. Yeah. I don't think the margarita shakers, which are going to get a fair old workout, will Is that what you got? The, yeah. the illusion shaker. That'll be happening. The old illusion, the fruit tingle. Do you have the fruit tingles? Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Gibbo, what do you got on? Uh, P155, just like you, Adam. Mm-hmm. But just quickly, uh, New Zealand smashed South Africa by an innings. Already done. 176 runs, yeah. That so first Matt test. Hen- Matt Henry, 7 for 24 mm-hmm. in the first innings. In the second inning, South Africa bowled out for 111. Tim Southey, 5 for 35 in the first test within three days. Quarantine obviously didn't agree with. No. Because Australia was meant to be over there. Yes, yeah, T20 series. Did you? I heard. I was listening to the Final Word podcast just quickly. Jeff Lemon and Jeff Laws. Anyway, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon, two SCN guys. And they were talking about how the women's twenty uh, women's World Cup teams had to quarantine for seven days, where the South African mm. side could train during quarantine. Really? Yeah. Oh, but I, yeah, I think that was because all of the there was like six teams all in this one hotel didn't want to go out where the South Africans were able to. There's your fun fact for the day. That's what I'm doing. Didn't uh, what are you doing? Quarantining, playing cricket. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't listen to one bit of that. Yeah, it was just too many words. I'm a bit frazzled, wasn't there? Because you got to the last bit of your rundown and you buggered it up, didn't you? Yeah. Well, Is your half the for a guy game. that gets here for a nine o'clock show at eight fifty three, you are a harsh. harsh and look human at the gold being. that I produce. So I do my best work. Where? Right here. Well, Nick, I'll, I'll be I'll listening l- next week, mate, when uh, Adam yeah. and myself aren't here to carry you through the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm out next week, so good luck. Okay. Good yep. luck. Mm. I think your panel producing, yeah, good luck, mate. Who are you? Uh, I'm going to go to the Waratahs and the Reds on Friday night. and I'll Paying be tra- it forward. Not front up. forward. Yeah. Not front no, up. There's no, ha- no handbrake on that car. No. Just one more. You won't hear it next week. <laughs> Thank God for that. I can't wait for you to stand on the fourth hole at Darn Boogle. I'm going to... Re- <laughs> Mid-back screen. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Gibbo. Oh, Thank you for listening as well. Uh, yeah, that's been the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, 100 years of uh, It's going to be even better next week. And so tune in. Catch you soon. Have a great Saturday, everyone.